Welcome to Dual Win Games episode 21. Today on Table Talk, we discuss board game art and artist. We review secret unknown stuff, Escape from Dulce, and Form Trajanum, and we jump back into the top 250 games on Board Game Geek. We are your hosts. Yeah, Ryan here clocking in. Michael. And Tim. Hey, guys. Howdy. Well, let's get right into it. Let's do it. New plays? So I uh, I played Villainous the other day. It was my first time. Yeah? It was, uh, it was, it was pretty fun. I, yeah? I enjoyed it. Who'd you play as? I was Jafar. Okay. So, from from Aladdin? Yep. That's right. Correct. Yep. So, yeah, you know, playing playing the different cards, you know, it was... It's a good time. Everybody's got different uh, different abilities, different uh, different cards, and everything. So it definitely feels like you're playing, you know, very different. Like for me, I hadn't wasn't looking at the other people's what they had and everything too much. I was just trying to focus on like, all right, what do I need to do again? Yeah, because you're just each villain has their own winning condition, so you just kind yeah. of push that to try to, you know, win. Obviously. So how did you like the? The fate cards. They, I mean, I didn't mind it too much if it was just like, well, you get it, as long as it wasn't like, you just keep hitting the same person every time, like that would have been right, kind of annoying. <clears throat> At least you can't go back and forth, you know, twice in a row to the same person. So if you go to one person, you can't go to that same person next. But if you play two players, you if, guys played three player, didn't you? Uh, we played four. four. Four, okay. Yeah, if you play two player, then I believe, yeah, you can just, hit back and forth, but it doesn't seem to come up as much. It doesn't that, seem that to be an issue. It's just a matter of if you go to those spots or not. Right, the, right. If it's a four-player and you just you know keep hitting the same person, which I suppose like you could do it every other time. Like when, Once someone gets closer to their end game thing, yeah. then I guess that kind of happens then. Like that, I guess my, the only issues with the game is that, where once someone at least appears to be ahead... You can kind of, you know, keep using the fate cards on them. And then, like, a lot of it, as far as winning the game, it seems like, well, for me, I needed those two cards and then to move them to one spot. Like, it was a matter of how quickly I got those cards. Right. So it, it was it was a fun game and everything. Just it's not like I, I didn't feel like if you played really well, you're not necessarily going to, doesn't mean you're going to win. Yeah, Yeah, because it's. It's a lot of luck, I think. It, yeah, it really depends on your card draw. So I was yep. Hades, and I had to get three Titans basically starting in the underworld and then march them across my board. But I could have, I didn't have a problem drawing Titans throughout the game. There's plenty in my deck. But I could see where if you have a bad draw and you don't have Titans for so long, and it, it could be, could hinder you, even though you're you're not doing anything wrong. It's just your card yeah. draw. Like mine, I needed to get uh, some scarab thing that will open up that that one spot that was locked for me. Yep. And then I needed to get the the lamp, magic lamp, which allowed me to get the genie and then move it over to across the board, basically. And I mean, I got the scarab relatively soon because I had some of those cards where you can, you know, say item, and then you know go through your deck until you get to an item. Mm-hmm. But if that was, you know, at the bottom of the deck, it would have taken me just forever to get there. I probably wouldn't have even gotten it. Uh, so it, a lot of luck in the game, but it was it was fun. I, en- I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a good little one. Yeah. I will say, we played it at the end of the night. And it was, uh, was it 
Aaron's pick? Yeah. If I remember right. I don't know if you noticed. I was almost falling asleep during that. Like, it hit me after I explained the rules. And it was like. Halfway through, I noticed. Yeah. I was like. (laughs) Pretty exciting game, or? It. it, I don't want to say it's the game's fault because I like the game. I've played it a number of times. But it was just, for whatever reason, just a perfect storm. It hit me, and it was like. I almost couldn't stay awake. I almost fell asleep mid-game. Just nodding off. So like 2, 3 in the morning? or mm, When did you guys it's, it's leave? A, Probably midnight you guys we left? We left at midnight, yeah. Okay. So, so it was, we started a little maybe. before 11. Yeah. So it was maybe 11.30 and I just I just crumbled. <laughs> I was trying to do anything I could to stay awake. Getting old. Yeah. Start slapping old. yourself in the face. I was almost almost at that point. But yeah. <laughs> Good pick, Aaron. <laughs> put, put you to sleep. He kept saying to me, too, he's like, I'm getting kind of worried about you. <laughs> you like, did mention that a few times. <laughs> For good reason. Oh, yeah. You should be worried. Yeah. That's okay. Well, another one that all of us played for the first time, Caverna. What did you guys think of that? I liked it a lot. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. That was that was a great game. <laughs> yeah, I played it. Uh, you and me, Michael played it. Two player. Uh, the three of us played it on game day, and then I actually taught Sarah yesterday as well, and she oh. really really enjoyed it. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, um, I think the number one thing that this game has is similar to Castles of Burgundy, where just the act of playing the game is a lot of fun. Everything that you're doing and stuff like that. Yeah, because there's all those spots and like, and you mentioned Ryan during the second play is like. I just I love doing everything in the game, so like I have a tough time just focusing on one thing or like doing one thing because I just want to do everything all right. the time. Yeah, because you got your expeditions you can go on, and then you have your left side of your board is kind of like where you're planting fields and harvesting your vegetables, growing, breeding animals. Right side is kind of where you have your cave. You can build mines and different buildings and dwellings and stuff like that, and it's just. I like the act of all of it. And it's like, well, I don't yeah. know. I don't want to specialize yet. I just want to yeah. do everything. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, I would do some of this, some of this, some of this. And it's probably not the best way to play the game, like as far as if you're trying to maximize your points, but I can't bring myself to focus yet. <laughs> yeah, I was the same way. I mean, I, I really like the, you know, there's set actions that start that you can take. And then over the course of the game, new cards are getting flipped out and those are new actions. I really like that because then it, it helps open things up a little more. You know, there's different stuff you can do, and it just it just flowed really well together. Yeah, mm-hmm. and when I know Ryan, because you had more people in that that second game we played, so like you were always going last. So when you were going, I was you know planning out my turn, and then once you got done, flipped another card. It's like, ooh, now I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so to- totally changing my plan just so I can incorporate that into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And probably haven't taken before I get there anyways or Yeah, and I ended up ended up with six people, six dwarves. Now I got like one in the last round, so obviously I didn't use them, but I had that building, so I tried to score my points yeah. with it. But you Tim had two the whole game and I mean we're relatively everyone is all relatively competitive with the same range. Yeah, you yeah, finished like scoring. one point ahead of me and then Ryan, you were maybe what was it, ten points yeah. ahead? Eight? I don't yeah, know. ten yeah, I was curious how that was going to work out because I was able to focus more on getting my sheep and just breeding yeah, the sheep and then and like some farm. Yeah, because you didn't do any expeditions, did <clears throat> no, you? No, not at all. Okay. And that was actually one of the buildings that I built in my cave then was that That's right, yeah. it was like the prayer room 
So if I didn't build any weapons or have any of my dwarves armed, I got like eight points, I think. So I was able to kind of focus on that kind of stuff instead of trying to get new people and using actions for that. Yeah. But it typically in games, especially worker placement games, you have to get Yeah, one game. of the biggest things is getting your people early and, you know, you, obviously you got more options to do. But I was I was surprised that I was still pretty competitive. You certainly can get extra people, but you know, obviously, based on how you did in that game, you don't have to. Right. You can you can definitely be competitive in that. Yeah. So the things I like about Caverna and Feast for Odin, which are both by Uwe Rosenberg, is they both have. It feels like at least they have a lot of different strategies or ways you can go about playing the game. And then the other thing is. The breadth of options where in feast it's the action space options and then in caverna it's like those furnishing tiles you have tons of different ones that you can look at yeah yeah and with those like yeah obviously i was looking at the the dwellings because like all right i want to get more people to do that and i was looking more at the the end game scoring ones because there's just so many out there like i couldn't get myself to look at all 7283 of them um But like those, the earlier game ones, like that's kind of something now is like, all right, next game I want to like look at those better and maybe try to get some of those to help me out because I didn't get any of those yeah, I got early games. I got one in the middle of the game, I think, yeah, I got second game. One in the first round and one in the second round last night just to kind of get some more wood and stone and stuff like that. Okay. It was useful. Yeah, but yeah, there's so many options in it. Yo, know, so you can get blocked by people, but there's so many other options out there. So there's a lot of good things to do. So you're not like usually doesn't crush you well there is even that action space that you can go there we play there is imitation um with two players there isn't but with three and up you have some and then like the more players you have there might be like a second imitation spot because there's different boards with different player counts yeah that you have starting actions you can pay for food and then copy okay a different action so yeah we we had that i never i don't think anyone went yeah i don't think anyone went there so yeah, there are a couple times where I was like, well, if someone d- does this spot, then I would go there, but it didn't end up happening either way. Because, I mean, there's a lot of spots, so I never, you never feel like you know you can't do things. Oh, maybe I'd like to go to this spot, but if someone goes there, it, it like, ah, I can do this thing too. So, yeah, because right. even some of the spaces seem kind of weaker, but then once that stone or wood builds up on there, it's like, well... Yeah, there's that it. one that's just wood, so like right away, it's like no one's going there. But then it builds up. It's like, oh man, that's so tempting. Like, <laughs> I just like, oh, it's eight wood there. It's yeah. so awesome. And I think that was the one time I felt like I got cut off was when Ryan, you went to a spot that had like three wood and. Or... I think it was stone, and then you get a couple of wood. Yeah, too. I, that was. Yep, that was it. But there was just a bunch of stone. And I, I was trying to gear up to buy one of those bigger scoring buildings. And it just took me an extra turn to do it. Yeah. So it wasn't like it, you know, destroyed my game. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. After the first play of it, just that entire rest of that night, just thinking about like, oh, next time I want to do this, I want to do this. And so I was like, that's a, I think that's a sign of a good game when like you're just thinking constantly about like what are you going to do next time you play it and you know. What you did wrong, maybe. Come on, yeah, Caverna. Now I didn't bring it, so that's bad news. So, uh, I just you want to go back home, get it, so we can start playing while we're doing the podcast here. What, uh, so, we've been playing Feast recently, and we've obviously played Caverna. Which one do you guys prefer now? Oh, it, um, I like them both. I've only played Feast one time. I, I'd probably pick Caverna, but they're both. 
they're both up there for me. For me, they feel different. Yeah. What I like about Caverna is the game itself is just fun and seeing like your farm grow and stuff. Yeah. But I like all the different variety and strategies in uh, A Feast for Odin. I want to play it right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're playing one thing wrong with like the ships and whatnot, but uh, I want to play that a couple times. I'm I'm about the same on both of them. I really enjoy both of them. So yeah. right now it's pretty much a toss up. Yeah, and I didn't yeah. throw it out there as if I was considering them the same game, just because well, the no, same designer. Well, no, heavier games and, are the same designer. Yeah. Which designer are we gonna start buying games from next? <laughs> uh, well, we're waiting on Michael. Well, I got to get a curriculum <laughs> to get yeah so, to get a curriculum. Yeah, I'll, I'll get on that. So I said it last episode. I'll do it again. This is I'm gonna give this game my my game day stamp of approval. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, this was, so was this was game. this was my game of the night for our game yeah. day. Yeah, I agree. That's excellent. Well, Tim, I believe you played uh, I, for the first time. Yeah, I so I'm going to start this by saying I finally played the true <laughs> dinosaur game, not Dinogenics. <laughs> if you want to play a Jurassic Park style game, this is the game, and it's Dinosaur Island, not Dinogenics. Yep. It, I've built up this year. I started by playing Dinogenics, and then I went to <laughs> Dulasaur Island, which I, yeah. I got a kick out of that one. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. And then I finally built myself up, or actually Michael finally picked it for me. <laughs> I should say that. I did that. I did it for you. <clears throat> you did. <laughs> and I, I was really happy because I was outside dealing with some stuff, and I came back in the house. So I was going to ask you, too, why I came back in. We split the group. Only you were downstairs setting up Dinosaur Island. Everyone else was upstairs playing Sagrada. Well, I had I had picked it and I was setting it up, <laughs> and then I after I got it set up for I was assuming it was going to be three players, mm-hmm. and I, I won upstairs and like oh, you four are all playing Sagrada. <laughs> oh well, I guess it's just me and Tim. I guess I'm gonna mix this up a little bit. So I think we figured out why a little bit. So Marv, one of the Wet Bandits, he brought his girlfriend for the first time yep. to meet everybody and play some games. He was very nice. Yes. She yep. was ragging on Marv, too. So yep. Yeah, it was fit great. In perfectly. Yep. It, was, it was wonderful. <laughs> and then uh, Johnny, the other wet bandit, you know, he's probably a little jealous. So he showed up and he wanted to sit between them, keep them separated, <laughs> you know, stay close with Marv, keep an eye on him. He was, yeah. I think he was sitting jelly. right across from Marv. Yeah. That's probably he it. Had like a look, forlorn look on his face yeah, the whole just night. Glaring at him the whole time. <laughs> just fuming. <laughs> he had the little. Uh, it's kind of an old shout-out, but the little hand banana from uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force said, Tonight, you. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I was pretty happy when I walked in the door, and you had this beautiful game set up for me on my dining room table. Taking up the whole table. <laughs> and everyone else was playing two players. <laughs> so, yeah, this is a really good game. I liked it a lot, the different phases that you go through. So the first phase, you're sending out your scientists to gain DNA and maybe getting new dinosaurs you can build that you're going to yep. put in your park. Uh, and then the second phase, you basically do a draft almost where you... you yeah, the market where you yeah. buy in. So you're getting, you're getting like rides or different stuff that you can put in your park. You're picking those people that you can hire into your park and the, upgrading uh, your the, spaces too. placement yep. spots for the... Th- third round yep and then the third, third phase, phase you're doing the worker placement so you're creating dinosaurs and you know cr- uh, getting some money or... yep upping your security level and that kind of stuff and i it all worked really well together and i 
I liked it a lot. Yeah, like the the learning curve for this game, it's it's not too tough because I mean there's a ton of different things, but it's because it's separated into those phases. There's only a a few things you can do in each phase, so that helps a lot. I think as far as you know, getting a hang of the game and everything and getting started with it. And so, I'll say yeah. too, I don't think it's necessary, but I can see that it helped that I played Dulosaur Island because a lot of the icons okay. were the same. The icons and then the dice drafting. Yep, the kinda. dice drafting and then even like the threat level. You know, yeah, I, okay, I knew, okay. you know, looking at the dinosaurs, okay, this is going to give me two threat because that's on the cards as well in that two-player game. Not that it's... It's a medium weight game. No, Not that it's that it, yeah. hard anyways, because right. it makes sense thematically, too, with like, how the stuff works. Yeah, but yeah, I can see going into it where it's your first time playing and you play that. It helps yeah. the basic understanding. So as he's explaining it, I'm like, okay, this, these dice are in the game. I understand. Kind of understood that already. I yeah. know what those do. I know how the DNA works. I know basically how the dinosaurs work. So it was just like a few things you had to fill in, and we were yeah. off to the races. So Did yeah. you guys play with the expansion or no? I played with the... You know, the marine animals. Okay. Not with what? the blueprints and... The companies or no? Like the special companies that everyone Oh, not gets? with the, the okay. special companies. You know, first play, I thought, you know, yeah. just play, play the base game for that. Uh, and then those PR events, I didn't use that. That's where you have... I think you have two of them, like, you know, victory points based on however many marine animals you get, for example. And you, you know you have it, so you play one at the very end, and then... But it scores for everyone, okay. so it's a little kind of a hidden thing where you don't know how you're going to do. Um, so I didn't play that one either. I could have liked this game a lot better if I would have scored two more points. Okay, I was going <laughs> to say hooligans or well, I won by one. Yeah, he won by one point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was like 161 to 160. It was yeah. super close. That was my biggest negative was the hooligans because in our game we had that card that came out that we would gain money from them, but you wouldn't score victory points. Yep. But it seemed to equal out Yeah, because as far as how many can, negatives we each... But you got a few more, Tim, early I in know. the game. Yeah. You it's, got a few more early in the game, and I got a few more later in the game. I was getting like three three each time those last few rounds, so it kind of evened out, I think. Yeah. yeah. So that, that card that had, that explained they would pay to get in but they wouldn't score victory points is that always in the game or is that just no, something that's, different every time? Is, there's two random ones every time we just happen to get that one so like most games you're gonna be getting less money so it's gonna be tougher to buy those spots in the second phase in that okay so it, it does money's a little tighter in some of those other games so i wonder if i didn't mind it as much because it wasn't as bad as it normally it can be as bad as it would have yeah. been yeah and typically I think if that was the case it would have bothered me it's the more. only complaint i have with the game is yeah. to hooligans yeah Everything else is really mm-hmm. yeah, like really it feels like Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. So yeah. like I like that you know very eighties vibe with the colors and everything too. So yeah, and that's mostly like just that. on the box. I didn't get such an eighties vibe on the inside as much. On the boards and the dinos and all that. It's like pink and orange and yellow and not as much. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just dinosaurs. I mean, yeah, yeah. they're just neon dinosaurs and. They weren't super neon, though. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> I recently got an app of one of the board games that you have, Tim. Oh. Still haven't played it yet, though. But it was on sale. Uh, this War of Mine. Oh, okay. It was okay. on sale for like two bucks or something like that. Haven't started it yet because I know once I start it, I'll just keep playing it, and I'm still hooked on through the ages and the 
leaders and wonders so okay. i mean i could play that forever this, i'm so. the same way with that like i haven't played you know the heroes and wonders thing for through the ages because i know like it's terrible it's, i'm just trying to restrain myself because at some point it's going to happen and I have a question. it's all over did you bring this up just to bring up through the ages again or not yes he did no okay because he, he started going off a little bit and now i'm <laughs> thinking about it you have to let it, let me know when you play that to uh, this war, this mine? war, mine. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Any other new plays for people? So yeah, I taught my wife Notre Dame just last night. Nice. And I think it went pretty well. She said she liked it, so I'm looking forward to, I guess, trying that uh, again. Again, it's a two-player game, <laughs> or more player, but um, yeah, you know, it's just kind of the light style. Um, obviously the lightest Feld game that we've played. Yeah. Me and Michael recently played War of the Ring, second edition. And I've played a couple times as the Shadow Army, and this was my first play as the Free People. So how did you feel as the Free People? Did you, feel did you let us down? Did you feel pressured, panicked, uh, stressed out, worried? Well, Just all sweaty the whole time? <laughs> I was worried. I was like, he's got a, got a big army there. It's, I'm going to have to, like, all right, get in those strongholds, run away, run away. But, yeah, I, I liked it. I It was my first time, so I was like, I don't know when to, like, break the fellowship, you know, have somebody leave, you know, when all to do that. Um, it, there's so many different, like, that was the one thing I was, like, I was uncertain about was there's just so many, so many people in it, and it was, like, getting all their abilities. Straight, like, all right, what can this do? I was like, I forgot, oh, yeah, Treebeard, I forgot about him and that, but. I really like that was it's been a while since we've played it and it's it's fun. It's a good game. What side do you prefer? Uh I don't know. I like them both. <laughs> yeah. Ryan, do you have a preference? I don't. The thing I the reason it's so nice is cuz they play so much different. So you don't Yeah. You know, you don't get the same feel when you're playing. It depends on what mood I'm in. If I'm in the mood for if you're angry, you're the shadow player. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. If I want to feel hopeless, I'm the fellowship. You know? <laughs> um, I, I generally feel that way. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it went longer than any other one yeah. I played. It was probably about what four hours, maybe yeah. or something like that. But I was engaged the whole time. It wasn't like I was like bored or checked out at any point because it was tense. Because it was like. You know, I was feeling good, but you still had the chance of dunking that ring. You ended up two spots away. Um, you had maybe and I there was had a that few one corruption time points. where I yeah a couple of corruption points away. I was like, and that the last round or second to last round, I didn't get any Will of the West or character ones yeah. that hurt me there. Like and I, I and I think you used all your Elven rings by that point yep, too. I think I think I used one of them on that round okay. to, yeah. to do it once, and then I was like, oh. Well, this sucks. Now I can't. Now I can't move the ring. And I was like, I was like, I knew it was like, uh, you're getting close to getting those strongholds and that. So yeah. it was like, eh, and how do I prolong this a little bit? Last it one more round. Yeah. yeah. To to dunk I, it, you probably would have needed to draw one of yours. Yeah, I, your it would have come down to what I would have drawn. Otherwise, I'd have had too much corruption yeah. basically. So but I, if you drew I think one I of yours, then it would have been, it would have been close. Like, who knows? But yeah, I, it's there's so much theme in that game. It definitely feels like the the books and yeah. movie in that. Mm -hmm. So it's yep the 
the dice actions and then the card play is like what drives the game so much. For, I mean, it's obviously the theme and story and whatnot, but those two things are the mechanics that I really enjoy in it because there's so many times I'm like, I love the card ability and the battle effects, so it's like... like I want to use this card for both of them. <laughs> oh, and then, Ryan, when you, uh, you had that ability where you could steal or discard one of my cards, I had one of the, the Ents things. Oh, the Ents, yeah. okay. It's the first one you drew was that one. I was like, not that one, not that one. Because <laughs> oh. I got a little nervous because I went into Helm's Deep and I got like wiped out instantly, like just d- yeah, slaughtered. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> and because uh, it was a card I played where it was three uh, battles in a strong, or three rounds, and I just got smashed the first round, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be bad. And you just well, and pretty I- much, you wiped out all but one guy. And then I'm like, I got to get reinforcements and isengard before you play one of those ents cards yeah, i mean and take I, them had, out. I was able to play one and yeah. then you put some more guys back in and then i had the other one i was going to play first first next time and then you took it away because you're a jerk <laughs> <laughs> it's true he is yeah yep yeah. Uh, i was playing the shadow Sauron, people so, so yeah you have to you, you yeah. had to be that was your excuse this yeah. time <laughs> that's really all i got it makes me want to play that game now Let's do it. Have you... I know you have the expansion, right? Mm-hmm. Have you dug into that much or So not? you and I played with the Lords of Middle-Earth once. Because remember, you have like the Balrog has a dice. There's there's a few different things. Oh, okay, yep. There's a few different things you can add. I also do have the Warriors of Middle-Earth, but the thing is, is like I hardly get to play the game. Mm-hmm. Like once, maybe twice a year. So it's like I got to refresh on all the rules, keep that down. So if I played it like more and more consistently, then I'd probably play with the expansions or both of them. Or, but I'm just happy to have them, and maybe someday Maddie will like <laughs> play the game. So, but it's one of those things where I don't play Long it enough. Run. Where yeah, okay, yeah, because I don't. For me, like I don't need extra stuff in that game. I've yeah. I can barely keep it all. Like all right, what do I? Okay, what am I doing again? <laughs> so I don't need extra stuff. My brain can't handle it. <laughs> so should we move on to our? table talk of the episode let's do it and that is art and artists in board games or just in general uh well we are a board game podcast so i would assume that you meant board gaming let's do it okay so who wants to kick it off i'll kick it off all right so i guess art and artists um what do you guys think about when you think of that with your board games I like it if it, if the art kind of, if it helps with the theme, kind of brings me into that theme. Like initially, I guess like just the, the cover, you know, the cover art, if I, if I enjoy like art subjective in that, but if it kind of catches my eye in that, it'll, it'll help me look into a game that I might not have looked. Cause I, I was like, all right, you know, there's a game out here. Like, oh, the cover looks dumb. I don't even look into it sometimes. Yeah. So do you sometimes shy away from games that don't look as good? <laughs> Yes. Tim's like, that's. He said sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but he said sometimes at least. I do too. You attack me about it. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, for example, Concordia. Like, that looks so awful. Yep. Really yep. fun game. So it's something you can get over, but yep. I it's try not to, easy. I try to break you guys down and make you play some of these games that look ugly that are good games. Yeah, yeah. you're the one that bridges that gap for us. That, <laughs> you know, the ones. It, it's almost always a euro 
that just looks typically yeah you know blah not great art just looks just dry kind of, <clears throat> yeah boring and you know if we go upstairs and look at my collection most of the euros i have are flashy they look yeah. nice you know yeah there's some exceptions but it took me a while to actually look past the art and then yeah like the gameplay to me is more important but I don't always know the gameplay before I play a game. So, like, the art is kind of what gets me into games sometimes. It's right. like, oh, that looks neat, so I'll check it out. And if it's a game I think I like, then I'll I'll play it. So it's kind of that initial barrier for me, I guess. Yeah, for me, it's always... The first thing you see is the cover. Yep. If the cover draws me in, I'm going to go read about it. Maybe I'll watch a video about it. And then I'll decide if I want to get it then. Now, if it looks bad, typically I'm just going to scroll right past it. So I'm not going to know if I like the... <laughs> you sound surprised. No, I was just thinking Magnus Storm. I thought it looked cool. Well, the cover looks good. Yeah, that's what drew but me you in. But thought you looked into the game. I did. Well, you didn't look into it very well. <laughs> I think we all can agree on that. Well, hindsight, <laughs> yes. But reading about it, I thought the actions were going to be cooler. <laughs> It it, it it that does happen to be yeah, fair. Yeah, you, know, you, can, know. you can be fooled by a game <laughs> like Magnastorm. <laughs> you know, Just our opinion, but you know, fool me once, right? Yep. Dynogenics. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, let's move on. <laughs> sorry. Anyways, you're not sorry. <laughs> so, like for me, I. When we played Lisboa for the first, as the first Vitaliserta game I played, so I was like, "Oh, I want to play another Vitaliserta game." And I know, like, I've seen the cover of CO two and mm-hmm. Second Chance. So I was like, "Those look really cool to me." So those are gonna be the first ones I think I check out because the cover art looks cool on it. Yeah. You know, I'm assuming the games are good because Lisboa is great, but you know, we'll see. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. For me, especially earlier into the hobby, it was more of like the theme and the art. You know, if it looks cool, looks good. And at a certain point, I just kind of got over it. Yes, if it's got good art, that's going to enhance my enjoyment of the game. But I don't really care now at all. Like, yeah, I want War of the Ring or I want games I like to look cool. But it's not really, doesn't matters that much or factor into when i'm looking into a game anymore if if i like the gameplay doesn't matter what the 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 gameplay is the main thing for me like that's the most important thing certainly is the gameplay it's just it just adds a little bit if the art is is good as well like you know if i rate a game an eight if the art's great maybe i'll you know rate it 8.5 if it's terrible 7.5 but that's the most i think it would move for me is half a point like i don't care when someone walks in and if my shelf looks cool to them or not like doesn't i feel attacked (laughs) no i'm just saying like i'm not just sitting there trying to get like games that look cool to people outside like no, I get that. And that's not what I'm saying either, that I only yeah. focus on games that look good. It's just what initially brings me into... Yeah, it's like a book, you know, you see yeah. the cover. And... Yeah, but once you once I've got a player or two in, like, the art doesn't affect me as much after that. It's just initially, usually, like, in the look of it out there, some, you know, how the board looks when it's all set up and everything, that it helps, you know. Yeah, I can easily look past it once 
Ryan brings an ugly game in, <laughs> sets it up. <laughs> I don't Feel have attacked. A, I don't have a problem then. Well, it goes around, comes around. Okay. So I think the best thing, like you kind of mentioned, Michael, the best thing that art does for me in a game is just brings me into the theme more. Um. So some examples are some Ryan Lockett games. Yeah, Red Raven. Got, yeah, his his art is kind of in that same style or that same style or that same world. So whenever I see his art, it just brings me into the the theme of the game. You know, I'm kind of in a happy-go-lucky mood then. You know, looking at looking at his art, playing the game and stuff. Um, Scythe, uh, Jacob Rosalski did the art for that. I yeah, think that's beautiful. awesome. You know. Um, sometimes you got those games that have little like Easter eggs all over the place. Like Scythe has some. We notice like when we're playing Caverna, there's like the one couple <laughs> dwelling has like the little heart on the back. Yeah, and just things like that is always. Yeah, you, you play it played it a couple times and didn't notice any of that stuff, and then finally you see it like, oh, oh hey, mm-hmm. neat. You flip over to the dark side. Yeah, where the, you the, can't the see night the board, side. Basically. Yeah, and it's like if you look real close, there's like a couple like kissing in the trees. Yep. And... <laughs> so I think something that is very important um, for the artist is, as far as gameplay is concerned, is like the graphic design of the game, the iconography. If that is done really well, that really makes it easier for people to learn. Yeah. And play the game and enjoy the game. Well, if it's done poorly, it could basically ruin the game. Yeah, it hurts because... the the playing of the game if the iconography. If it's a game like if it's a more complex game, the iconography is terrible. Like, right, it makes it tough to play. Right. Like Dinogenics, for example, the buildings we couldn't even because like... the buildings were small and the the symbol was like in the bottom corner. Yeah, and, and it was so small to see. It was hard. You'd have to pick up the tile every time and. Yeah, we couldn't even tell like what was on the building. You'd have to look in the rule book, read the name of the building, and then yeah. And sometimes you know a lot of the heavier games, especially when they want to be language independent, they have they're icon heavy. Yep. So it's it's tough, you know, especially when it's getting to learn. Like I think Mind Clash games for Tricarion and Anachrony, those were two ones that were difficult to understand some of the iconography. But once I got it, it like stuck with me it's kind of a weird um thing i like when like zulkin like the rule books on the back of the rule book you just flip the rule book over either it has a round overview or it's got the iconography or both on the back yeah. of that rule book so you just have it on the table people can quick glance at it and know what stuff means yeah if there's like when they have you know there's a player aid with it that has all the symbols so that that always helps if it's a if it's a good player aid I always feel like it's a misstep if they don't have something on the back cover. You know, if you turn the rule book over and it's just blank. Yeah, it's, it's just like, like the end of the rules, like they're talking, or a blank. Yeah, yeah I, I, I always want it to have something. Just give me, like you said, Ryan, a little round overview if you have icons. It's perfect because mm-hmm. then you could just kind of have it sitting on the table next to you. Yeah, because or... it's probably going to be there anyways because you might need to reference it once in a while. So just to have that right. so people can look at it versus give you just kind of a quick a okay this is what time. it is and yep. even better when they put the page numbers next to the icons so you could see okay this is what the icon is if i need to know more information i can go to page 12 flip through yeah yeah especially for those heavier games it's so important to have that kind of stuff yeah and that's otherwise your brain's just melting and then you got to flip through all the time looking at the book it's like ugh. 
that's has nothing to do with art, but just is yeah. in general. <laughs> a little sidetracked here, but that's all right. So like a couple artists that uh, bring me into the theme or put me in a good mood. They got like some colorful, cool looking art. We mentioned one is Ryan Lockett. Um, David Cockard, he did the art for Dungeon Pets and Alchemist. Mm. That's okay. kind of goofy art. Yeah, kind of. Yep. <laughs> Another one that has kind of that like zany art is, uh, um, I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. But I'm gonna. His nickname is like the Miko. He did the art for like Architects of the West Kingdom, Raiders of the North Sea. He's kind of mm-hmm. got that same art style. Yeah. In all yep. his games, you can always tell when it's him doing the art. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming he did Paladins as well when that comes out. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, one that uh, I like some of his games. <laughs> That's funny. Just. I, it seemed like you were maybe you were done. You weren't. You weren't I was trying anything. to. Fr- I thought I had one or two <laughs> yeah. more. I was trying to find. Uh, one for me that I, I like is Ian O'Toole. He's got you know several games. I think Lisboa um, mm-hmm. did that. Nemo's War. That really really gets me into the theme for Nemo. That's one of the reasons I like it is because I really feel into the theme when I'm playing that game. Uh, and the art is a big part of that. I um, think, yeah, his art on his games and then the graphic design is really, really good. Yeah. Like Pipeline he did. And you look at all oh, okay. those pipes and it's like... It looks so confusing and overwhelming, but it's actually really easy playing the game. Yep. You right? Yeah, no, I, I've i got a couple artists. Okay. I'm going to destroy the names. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't even say the one guy's name. I gave his nickname. His name is Mihalo. Dmitrievsky, I'm probably saying that wrong. The artist for Paladins and Architects. Fair. So it's the the two guys that did the art for the Making America series, like oh, the okay. 1775, the 878 Vikings, uh, Freedom the Underground Railroad was another one, okay. and it's kind of it almost looks like uh, almost like the water like the watercolored. In a in a way that it just reminds me of uh, evolution and the art. Yeah, that's that really good. Awesome. Um, so forgive me, I cannot pronounce <laughs> your names, but that give it a try. The covers, um, jerk, <laughs> Milken and Steve Pascella. I'm sure that's right. <laughs> so there you go. Sorry. <laughs> But I really like the, especially the cover art of those. They really pop. And then, like you said, Ryan, the evolution art, really like that a lot. Yeah. That looks... When I was looking through this, I was kind of, some of those games, it, it felt like similar art. And then you look, and I was like, oh, uh, Michael Coimbra did the art for Seven Wonders. He did the art for Cyclades, you know, that kind of that ancient antiquity type art is kind of looked really cool. You can't really mention a uh, Euro game without saying Clemens Franz. You know, he did Caverna, he's done Orleans, uh, Agricola, Clans of Caledonia. It just, you look at his thing, it could just be 200 games probably that he's done. He's not necessarily the best artist, but it's just kind of like that, corny looking little I, I like it though no it's charming yeah that's kind of yeah good way to put it yeah. yep i'll throw another one in there 
uh, I think the only game that I found that he did the art for, Xavier Colette, and he did the art for Abyss. Okay. Yeah. And that's um, cool looking. Yeah. Looks awesome. I've not played that. I don't know. Really? Really? Hmm. I know, right? Missing out on some good looking art. I guess so. So an artist that I thought did a great job on one game and terrible on the other was uh, Chris Williams. He did the art for Blackout Hong Kong, and he also did the art for Coimbra, which are like two completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Like one I think is awesome, Coimbra, yeah. and the other one is Blackout ugly. Yeah, hairless cat, as you like to say. <laughs> it was an interesting decision, not in a good way, in my opinion. <laughs> Have you seen Robinson Crusoe, the new edition, the art on that? Yes. It's Vincent Detroit. He does an awesome job. Yep. He's done Lewis and Clark, um, Rising 5. He's done a bunch of other games, too, but he's got a really good, like, I think his, the people look really good on in his art. I don't know. It's Who did the original art on that? I don't know. Okay. Maybe, I, maybe he I th- did, but. I thought that was, it looked good on that, too. Mm-hmm. Last one I wanted to mention last couple was uh, Michael Manzel. He actually designed Legends of Andor, but he did the art for it, too. Okay, yep. And uh, Stone Age and Magnus Storm. See? I don't like the board, but I like well, the cover. the board for you. <laughs> the only good part of the game. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Fernanda Suarez did the art for Dead of Winter and Ashes, and I thought those yeah. looked awesome, both of them, for me. Yeah. So a question I wanted to ask you guys was... Uh, what are some companies that you think consistently do art well for their games? Red Raven Games. Okay. And that's all pretty much probably Grind Locket. Yeah. Got anything, Michael? No. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. So I got a, I got a slew of them here. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'd like to say Stonemeyer Games. Now, I don't think I like okay. the look of the board of uh, Tapestry, but I like the art on the cards and stuff. But... Viticulture, I like you yeah. know, Scythe and Wingspan, all those games. Uh, Mind Clash games, I really like the look of those games. Um, Tricarion, Anachrony, and Cerebria. Got another one for you then. What do you got? Simon or Cool Min You're Not? I always like their. Sometimes, yeah. Which ones don't you like? Like a lot of the games that we don't have by them. <laughs> 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 like, I like Blood Rage and. Uh, Rising Sun. Yeah. And, yeah, those look um, cool. Cool. Arcadia Quest and stuff. But there's some other ones that they've done where it's just kind of... Because they also did uh, the Grizzle. Ethnos. That's not really... Yeah, okay. Yeah. You got me on that one. <laughs> yeah. But but most of them yeah. Yeah, typically look really good. Yellow, I think they do. Uh, it, they always look nice. Yeah, it's always... I don't want to say kitty art. But it kind it, of is. It feels like that. It it draws like me into checking at, the game out, and then I usually never get their games because I'm, <laughs> I'm just kind of like, oh. Because like I think of like King of Tokyo, like kind of like yeah. the giant monsters destroying yeah. Tokyo, but they're kind of like cartoony. Yeah, Inherent Tortoise. I think. No, Blue Orange was photosynthesis, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Blue Orange did that, and then they did Vikings on board as well. So they got good production quality the yeah. art's pretty good i think cge does a good job um like i like the art for through the ages um dungeon pets alchemists 
uh, Zoken. Yeah. I like all those. Yep. Yeah. For heavier Euro games, you know, typically those games look more dry and boring. Typically, so the last one I wanted to mention was Fantasy Flight. A lot of times they have some nice art. Oh, yeah. for their yeah. games yep. and stuff. So, what is a game or style of art that turns you off? Whether it's a style of game or it's a specific game or a type of art. So for me, I guess, um, anime art. Can't stand it. And like a game in that line would be Tragedy Looper. Yeah. Um, I made sure I, I saw I was on clearance. I told you about it, hoping you'd pick up the game because I just <laughs> yep, and I got bring it yourself to yeah. It's one of, it's one of the games where I just couldn't bring myself to buy it because of the <laughs> art. Even though I think I would enjoy the game and uh, Argent the Consortium, I think it's called. Now that one, I I like that one a lot more than the art on Tragedy Looper. It doesn't look quite as anime. So, but that's another one where I haven't gotten the game because of the art. I'll mention like a company that always consistently looks blah. And that's Splatter. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a good looking Splatter game. They always look really blah and just kind of. The only one, have you actually looked at like the board or the pieces for Great Zimbabwe though? That actually has some art in it. Does it really? Yeah. Because the cover is just black and it's got that yeah, little. But the actual game itself, ha- not like it's. Anything that's gonna wild you, but compared to their other ones, it's okay. a lot less boring looking. Well, you own it. Mm-hmm. I've so... read the rules a number of times, but every time I <laughs> yeah. plan on picking it on a game day, it's like this guy's showing up then and he's leaving oh. then, so it's never right. And then I gotta reread the rules before I want to play it again. Well, get on so. it. Yeah, it's gonna be like Caverna again. <laughs> What a misstep that was. Yeah, that's my biggest complaint about the game is Ryan didn't bring it out earlier. Yeah. You guys could have read the rule book. <laughs> I could have. You can game. get your own copy and pick it. I was busy learning Feast. <laughs> you have it. Right? Yeah, I've done a very good job of that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely just, attacking you there. There was one... <laughs> One thing that we I've found <laughs> scrolling through the forums, and I'm like, wait a minute, and I'm like, that totally changes. There's one thing. It's a big thing. I didn't buy any boats, so it wasn't a problem. <laughs> so it wasn't a big I thing for you. Two boats, and I, I could have got a lot more. Yeah, you could have gotten eight. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of dry themeless euros. Um, Castles of Burgundy, La Granja, Concordia, those look either the board, the box, or both look ugly. And it's going to turn a lot of people off. But mm-hmm. I think it's got good gameplay. Yeah, La Granja is like, eh. Like, it looks so boring. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, I never end up like, thinking the games to pick for game day. Like, that might be on the list, but it's like, it drops a little bit just because, ah, it looks kind of boring. And I'll play one that's <laughs> a little brighter or something. So, last question for you guys. Pick your favorite artist or a game with your favorite art. Maybe we can peel out of here. I think I'm going to have to go with the one I mentioned earlier, Eno Tool. Probably be my favorite. I mean, there's a lot of games where I probably like the art, but I haven't looked into who the artist is for it a lot of times. But of the ones I know, I'd say him. I mentioned it earlier, and I'll say it again just Abyss. I love that art on it. And... I think. For 
artist for me is probably Ryan Lockett just because I actually have some of his hanging up at my house. So he's like one where I like the art on his games, but I actually like don't mind it hanging up, you know, in my house and stuff. So that'd probably be what I'd go with. Okay. And I've been tricked by a lot of his games, getting them because of the art. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones don't you like? I didn't like Islebound. Um, Artifacts Inc. was okay. Uh, that was more of like I liked the art and theme, but the game was too long for what it was and stuff. Mm. I liked Above and Below. Um, after so many plays, it kind of got the same type of thing. So that's why I want to play Near and Far because that's supposed to be a lot better yeah. for most people at least. Does that wrap up? table talk i think it does yep so let's move on to our first review secret unknown stuff escape from dolce secret unknown stuff escape from dulce was designed by donna ackerson craig e sawyer and chris weller and published by sentient cow games in 2018 it plays one to five players in 40 to 180 minutes secret unknown stuff Escape from Dulce is a sci-fi dungeon crawl game where players are taking on the role of characters who have just awoken from imprisonment in the bottom of base Dulce. You need to escape the seven levels of the base to secure your freedom. Each player takes on the role of a specialized character with unique talents. During the game you will be moving from room to room, revealing encounter cards and blasting through enemies and hopefully collecting new items and weapons. Each mission will have a goal for you to accomplish to win the game. Players will lose the game if you run out of cryopods and someone dies as there are no clones left to replace you. Be careful exploring the depths of base Dulce. You never know what will be inside the next room. So, secret unknown stuff. Escape from Dulce, Dulce. I think it's Dulce. The secret's out. What do you guys think of the component quality? How's it grabbing you? I thought it was good. Normally we're big sticklers on the player board quality and they are thin but I did like them they I mean they obviously they could have been bigger inset and then all the tokens and stuff but it just could have been thicker right I like the look of the like the portfolio document style of it yeah I like that and it has all the information on there you have like little sliders for your Health I wasn't a huge stuff. fan of the sliders. Like to me, oh like, no, the sliders were awful. Those they they worked fiddly. typically, yeah. but I don't. It's like stickers in games. I don't want like little tab sliders either. They yeah. worked better than the the ones in uh, Betrayal. Well, those are just they're ugly. They're terrible. They're fiddly, and they don't work. Yeah. So that's an issue. <laughs> I worry about you know if someone plays this a lot and you're sliding those up and down, if you're going to see where on the file folders themselves. Yeah, I think if it was played a lot, I, I just don't like those slider things. It's it's too fiddly for me, and yeah, I think you're right. It's, it'll If you play enough, it'll yeah, ding up the, the bottom of those boards. And it's that. like zombie side. I just don't... I don't want sliders on my boards. Oh, there were sliders for the... Yeah, just... That's just me. It's yeah. like stickers. I don't like putting stickers on stuff. I I just am worried I'm going to mess it up. Mm-hmm. So I'm just constantly the whole time like putting together 
you know, some of the, like the GMT, you know, some of those games were putting those stickers oh, far on. Stickers, like, yeah. yeah, the, the whole time is like, oh, I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to mess this up. All right. Only 150 more of them to put on. But I don't think this has stickers, thankfully. Yeah. So no we're going off on a side yeah. tangent. <laughs> right. But that's just our passion for sticker <laughs> hatred. <laughs> I don't mind stickers. I'll be that guy. Anyways, um, after I get them on, it's fine. It's just, I'm just so nervous putting them on. Yeah, that's just me though. Yeah, I thought the component quality though, otherwise, is pretty standard. You know, it was fine. Yeah the the boards they're clear enough where they have you know, it shows the different rooms. The miniatures look good. Um, one of the hooks of the game is that because you start in the basement and then you're working your way up through the base, it's almost like this. 3d pyramid board that you're moving up it looks cool sitting there but actually gameplay it's a little tough because you kind of have to if you're on some of the lower levels you got to reach in and move your guys around and then you're trying to see you're, you got to kind of look around to kind of see where everyone is because yeah, if kind you're of, the light straight ahead over the top of it like you can't it's so dark yeah that was our problem it, too yeah. You put some little minis in there with little fl- like little flashlights or something. Like you press a button on their head and a <laughs> flashlight turns on. <laughs> so I found that a little. It didn't work. Okay. I'll say looks that. cool, but it didn't, in practice it didn't really. Yeah, I mean, if work you as got, well as you want. If you got side lights all yeah, over, yeah, but, but then you're putting up an effort. To, right. Yeah. Okay. So I, I would almost prefer just not to have the tower. Where you just have the the basement board, and then maybe when you go to the next level, you can bring out the little, the next circle board or next board out, yeah, something like that. Okay, what'd you guys think of the theme? Well, you know, I like the sci-fi theme. Yep. So I liked it. It's you know, it's it's goofy. Like if I'm in the right mood for just a a goofy game, like you got the, you know, you got the cow that. You know, two-headed cow that she's... Ryan was going like. nuts about the cow. <laughs> I bet. So, I hate the theme in this. Um, it, you know, I like goofy style. I like Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I like Rick and Morty. You know, I like that zany, quacky yeah. stuff. But now the art is good or fine on it, but I just did not... It's not my style for me. I did not like the look of the game, like the art at all. Uh, that cow just annoys me. Why is a cow <laughs> running around with like machine guns or turrets? And that's awesome. It reminds me of the cow in Aqua Teen, the really annoying voice, MC McPee pants or whatever. I don't know if you remember that, Michael. Oh yeah, yeah. I want candy or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Bobo and Taffy. I hated that character so <laughs> much, and this cow reminded me of that. And okay. It just really irked me. And then when you told me Marv played the cow, I'm like, yeah, of course he did. He picks the <laughs> stupid character that. I hate. Like I have to be in the right mood for this. Like most of the time, I don't play a goofy game like that. But every once in a while, like I'll play a you know end of the night or something like ah, I'll play a little goofy game like that. Like yeah, then it's fine for that. So for I me, think but... the art is fine. Just the style of is like anime. It wasn't for me. While well, I think it's okay. fine, you know. Okay. And that cow is what just bugged me. <laughs> I did not like the cow. <laughs> Just can't get past that. <laughs> yeah. Did you like the Smith family where it's like four family yeah, members like cool. merged together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got Amelia Earhart in there. Yep. Hattori Hanzo. Hanzo yeah. Yep. Not, not quite sure what the theme really is. Well, you wake up in the basement. You come out of the cryopods. 
because you've been abducted at some point. Yeah. And you're trying to gather loot and escape this base that you're in the bottom of. And I think it's just random, random things like, that Why are is Hitori Hanzo in there? He was abducted, you know. <laughs> I get Millie Earhart because she like disappeared and was never yeah. found, so that's why they threw her in there. Well, maybe Hitori Hanzo. Maybe I didn't him. Okay. I'm not, I, I'm I didn't know because there's a cow. That's there's a two-headed <laughs> cow in the game, and you're trying to figure out why Hattori Hans was in the game. <laughs> so, uh, the sticky meter for me, they uh, forgot to put any kind of adhesive on it. And I've mentioned it before. It's, it's kind of that double-sided tape where both sides are just no stick. Like I, I kind of felt the theme. Like I don't love the theme at all, but you know, felt like everything's goofy. Like all like there's all these weird weapons and that. Like the no, the I got the gun sword the one time or like yeah. that, and there's duct tape in there. Like it's not my favorite theme, yeah. but like I kind of felt like just goofy random. It does the fun randomness. goofy theme well, right? So one of my favorite parts was the the flavor text. There's a couple of them. One yep. was you walk into a room and. There was what some lizards making love, and then like the captured guards were joining in. It was, and, and you had yeah, to sit in the corner, like. Well, you had a role for your um, to see if you're like, if you could mentally handle what you just yeah. saw. <laughs> yep. Okay. And if you law, if you failed the role, then you had to like sit in the corner. And there's another one where like they're licking toads or something like that, or frogs. Yeah. Something. Yeah. There's. So I like the flavor text in the cards that kind of brought out the wacky. Yeah, and, that, and that's stuff. what it, that's what it is. It's just kind of a wacky, you know. Obviously, seeing a two-headed cow going into a game, you know, it's not going to take itself that seriously. <laughs> yeah, as far as theme-wise, and yeah, you're right. I think that those cards, every time you walk into the room, you read the flavor text, and then you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of the best parts of the game for me. Was just that you know, pretty wacky and just you know, just having fun kind right. of game versus like. Something you're gonna have to think about too seriously. So going into the gameplay, yep. What'd you guys think of that? There were things that I liked. So to me, the the battle or the combat of it felt like a RPG, and I had kind of heard that's kind of what they were gearing it towards to give it that RPG feel. So when you walk into a room, you roll to see if you hit. How this one works is if you meet or you're lower than your accuracy, then you hit, and then you, depending on what you hit with, then you roll dice to see how much damage you do. So I did like that, how it was kind of simple, but I almost felt that after a while it was just too simple, that I wanted more in the gameplay. Um, Ryan, you and I had fairly bad play yeah so going into this we were recording earlier than we typically do so i only had the chance to play the game once and i get a chance to play it more times than that yeah i had played it four times i believe i played it solo once and i played it twice without ryan and then once with ryan so i'll say my first three plays i liked it quite a bit. I had a lot of fun with it, just kind of the slapstick humor of it, the simple dice rolling. The last play I had with Ryan was really bad. Could have been a me problem. It's probably a Ryan problem, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to agree. I've, I've been thinking about that. 
And I think that is a little bit to do with it, but not fully because... <laughs> I did go into the game with an open mind, though. Yeah. I'm not... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the problem was when we we played one of the short scenarios as well. So in the, the rule book, you can play the epic campaign, which takes the longest. You got to basically fight your way through the entire base. Oh, like seven levels or whatever. Yeah. And then there's the short campaign. So you use the flip side of the board. So there's less rooms in each level and then there's scenarios. So if you want to play a short game, you can play a short game. So I think we were playing the egg hunt, which is you basically just fight through the bottom level. And then you you have to fight and defeat the bad guy at the end. And we got to that final bad guy. And the entire first level of the game, I could not hit anything. I was I would take my turn. I would roll two attacks. I would miss both attacks. And that would be all I did. So I was getting frustrated going through the level. And then when we got to the final boss, Ryan was basically carrying our group. He was doing stuff, killing people. And the final boss battle we had, I don't, it felt like forever. I would roll and miss twice. Ryan would roll and miss all of his shots. The main bad guy would roll, miss all his shots, and it was just a constant yeah. loop. There's probably 10 rounds in a row where we had like one hit, maybe yeah. two hits, between everybody so that really soured that play yeah, we just it we was, just sat there rolling mess yeah miss miss, miss. so yeah. where i'm getting at is that i wish as far as gameplay wise i wish there was more that i could do on my turn instead of just attacking now yes one thing i could do is i could spend an action to move out of the room yeah or it, attack it, and that little... was I thought it was a little odd with the, you know, who they attack. Like, like I remember because I was Hattori Hanso at night, so I would go into the rooms a lot because I was good at you right. know, melee attacks and that. Um, but like I would go into the room, and then you could kind of manipulate it a little bit, where like it's gonna attack the one that, you know, has the most influence or whatever um not influence um maybe the best accuracy or the highest armor and stuff like that yeah so you could kind of like move based on that to make them move and not actually doing much attacking so a little weird like that you could kind of take advantage of that instead of attacking the person that's closest to them they move like past that person they go two rooms over to attack somebody else instead of like me who just like just shot him with my sword gun (laughs) yeah kind of thing like and and it seemed like the there's a lot of like when you you drew all right so you get these three things to attack you get you know get out two lizard men you know get this other thing and then so you got to get the the markers out for the the you know the one track and then you get their stands up and then you get you know got to put the little you got to get the right numbers on you know, the right yeah. one so it was fiddly every yeah. time you'd enter a room you'd have to kind of figure out and that's pretty typical for like a lot of these Mary Trash dungeon yeah. S- yeah. crawl style games. But and I guess that's part of it is I don't like those style of games. So you know, doing all that stuff just like eh, it's like I just for a, a goofy fun game, I don't want to be sitting here putting stuff together all the time and yeah, the pay the, the payoff for doing that was not worth it. Yeah. At all for me. Yeah. Like when I played this game the whole play was just mindless and boring. Like, I had no choices on my turn. I'm just rolling dice to see if I hit, and that was it. 
Yeah, and see if you know you, you know, like see if you get something, and then yeah, you don't have any control of what you get. There's a you know 500 different cards that you know of of different stuff you can pick up, and like I know the one time we had you know somebody who could craft weapons like. And you had to get these four different things, but we never got any duct tape, so we couldn't make yeah. anything. Basically, half you know. the cards me and Tim drew, we didn't even couldn't even didn't use them because they were just worthless. And there's this like okay, so I have this one gun. I'm running th- this pistol. I'm running through the entire place with. It's like oh, shoot my pistol again. Shoot my uh, like I want some options. Some I want to f- I want to feel yeah. like I had some tactical decision making to manipulate the battlefield. Feel clever. You know, switch things up, and then I was like, I was on autopilot the entire game. I had, I had nothing, no options really. I wish maybe the, the cards maybe you had, you know, there's ten out there or something, so you could choose, you could pick which things, so that you could get something that would fit you, or you know, you can can actually work to get these yeah. specific things to craft this weapon or something, but it's just random, and you just we we just never got the stuff we needed to create any any of the weapons because i was looking through it, it was like oh you put these three things together and it makes this i was like ah it's kind of weird and you know cool and fun but like you couldn't do it yeah so blech. another thing too with that loot deck because it's so big so for me it was kind of a pro and con because it's so big so it's kind of cool cycling through finding stuff but if you're looking for something specific like the duct tape or like Marv was the cow, so he could only equip weapons if he had the weapon harness. And in the one game I played, I was the Smith family, and I had to have a special type of armor. Otherwise, I couldn't equip armor because of, you know, I'm four people mm-hmm. molded together. So when you're playing without them, do you take their cards out or do you leave them in? It's all in. Okay. So you could just... Even if you're not playing with the cow, you could randomly draw the cow card the and then just okay. discard it. Yeah, it's just useless, so much useless stuff in there, and that you need specific things to build to to do stuff. Like you don't have any control over it either, really. Yeah, it's like and you just randomly roll and get some random thing that probably won't help you. Right, because that's the other part of it. Because when you do loot a room, it's not like you just get to draw cards. You have to roll to see if you actually find something. So if so if you you know, if your mental's not that high and you keep rolling above that, you're never going to find any loot. You got to basically rely on everyone else in your party to find your stuff, really. Yeah. Yeah, for me, the the game I played was topped off with that 10-minute combat of just miss, 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 miss. And we're both just sitting there like, how long is this going to go? Yeah, and... Like I said, that play was just really soured because I couldn't do anything it felt like. I think you hit like once or twice the entire game. Maybe, yeah. And I know, so I've noticed that almost in each game we've played. When the first game we played with the group, I think um, John had played as the guard that kind of flipped sides. John was playing a character and he just could not hit anybody. So he had the same experience almost that I did where he was basically being carried to the first level of the base because he just couldn't do anything. He would just roll, roll, and I almost felt it in that third play we had where we actually escaped the base. It was a four-player game, and we uh, 
for the first half of the levels that we went through, I almost felt like my guys couldn't do much. I was doing a little bit. I was a Smith family that game. And I could do a little bit, but because my speed and accuracy were low, it didn't take until the last half of the game where my character got good, where I started having fun with it because I was hitting everything. And then it almost felt like there was a swing where the person that was carrying us in the first half of the game, it swung, so then he couldn't do anything, and then everyone else was really powerful and doing a lot, if that makes okay. sense. So it was, yeah. it was kind of a... I've seen it more than I'd like to where... You just rather have fun throughout right? than half of it. Right. And that the game length of it, I liked the games that were longer because I was leveling up, I was getting yeah. better loot. But the thing is, for it being kind of a, a s- simpler kind of slapstick humor game, I don't think I want it going that long. Yeah, that Two, was, three hours. That was yeah. my biggest thing with like i can enjoy a game like that with a goofy you know kind of fun thing but it goes on too long if you if you unless you get killed early but if you play the full game length it goes on too long for yeah that type of a game for me like if i'm gonna play a game like that i want it to be no more than an hour and that's not what this game is right yeah that's what i was gonna say is like if i played the campaign thing it might be better because you know you're leveling up or getting your items and whatnot but I don't want to play a two, three hour game of this. Like, and then you got to think too. So another game, almost basically with the same theme, that could be played almost in the same time. Level seven. I would much rather prefer to play that game over this. Yeah, level like, yes, there's more to level seven, but there's not that much more but i start out the game i'm equipping my character i'm making decisions right there on how i want to play that game mm-hmm. you're picking like your kit cards and just different you have different weapons different items and there's just i love level seven and uh, just like this one there's no real not a lot for choices you know who goes into the the room like other than that you're just rolling you know you know see if you get the right dice to get some random thing that you're not you have no choice over you're battling is just you know just rolling dice which is fine but right it's you're not you're not making any choices in the game really not yeah. a lot i'm not the biggest fan of the D adventure system games but i would rather play those over this i had more options i have a few different mm-hmm. spells or weapons to pick from it's much quicker um i don't have to we can go off on our own if we want mm-hmm. or fighting yeah just like i really enjoy descent i love level seven and so not all these games are in my style, but there are some of them that I do really, really like and have yeah. fun with. This one just fell flat throughout for me. Yeah, and, you know, like you said, the D&D adventure games, they do have each tile, you know, you at least have movement to where you're moving along the squares, then maybe you're uncovering a new tile. This one, it's just you can move from room to room. It's not like you have steps or squares to move through so i i wish that was in here and then it was just more you could do like if you could maybe focus on your turn so then the next time you fire your gun you're aiming a little better so your roll might be yeah yeah so i wish there was like even just little things like that to really help it along or those the loot that you you had a little more choice over or like there weren't so many useless things in there that 
mm-hmm. either didn't really help you or you could get the things. There's a way to get things that you're really looking for instead of just hoping it's towards the top of the deck. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess I guess we, uh, a level seven Omega Protocol, not Escape or whatever that one's yeah. called, is yeah. to be specific. But I guess the last thing I got to say is I like the custom dice. I liked them quite a bit. Um, the only th- dice I didn't like were the dice that we rolled like the whole game. The big, <laughs> the big chunky ones. red. I like looking at all the dice. I'm like, oh, those all look really cool. And then you're like, oh, we rolled these like the whole game. And I'm mm-hmm. like, those are the only ones I didn't like. I want them to be just regular <laughs> yeah. size because I like the custom dice and the look yeah, of I, yeah. I do like the that translucent ones. You know, you have different dice that you're rolling and things like that. So that's kind of cool. And, you know, the different, you know, the, yeah, the, the bad guys you're attacking all have different dice, so that's kind of cool, and that's all. So that's I was even positive. So, something else I got excited about, and then I got disappointed because. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we use all the time. Get into our final thoughts here. Yeah, let's have you start off. Okay. Because um, I, I know where you're going <laughs> with it. I'm just curious, how, <laughs> how far? Um. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't anything really that stands out at all for me in this game um there's other the two-headed cow come nope. on <laughs> there's other dungeon crawls i'd rather play of similar weight like i'd rather play the D adventure games um i guess if you're into this really into this theme like the sci-fi goofy theme um uh dice chucker ameritrash game which isn't a bad thing you know it's not like a negative thing but i just feel like for that type of game it takes too long but that might be your thing. This might be something to check out, but for me, it's not. And I would give this a solid three point five. <laughs> a solid three point five versus a. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's probably the worst review game I've had. the The whole play, I didn't have any fun. Oh. So it was. It was a big disappointment. Yeah, and I would agree. In I think you're right on point there with. You know, it not being your style game, this is more my style of game. I typically like the Ameritrash style games a lot more than other people in our group. But even with that said, I, well, like I said before, I liked the first three plays I had of it. And then the last one was really sour. And, you know, still, even the, even the plays that I had, I still wish there was just more I could do, more options on my turn. Um, and I, I think if that was in this, you know, if instead of just moving from room to room, if there was actually, you know, the grid movement where you could spend movement actions there and then just different actions like maybe focus or aim better or maybe sprint and you can go in extra space i don't know some more support yeah. stuff right. there's a some little more, bit here yeah. and there but it's still random on what you no control right. yeah so anything. i wish there was just more like you said more control on what my character was doing each turn mm-hmm. or each round and with that said i put it at like a 5.5 maybe a 6 um just because of that last play and i keep thinking i wish there was just more to it that would help boost that up and it yeah like there there were some things i like about it but ryan you said it right it is for that and again it's not my typical you know style of game i typically like but for the 
for the theme, the wacky, goofy theme where they all kind of some funny things going on is just too long and too fiddly, I think, for for what it was. So, yeah, a lot of what you guys said, but I'd I'd give it like a 4.5. A solid (laughs) 4.5. Solid. (laughs) All right. If that wraps up our review of Secret Unknown Stuff, Escape from Dolce... Let's move on to our next review, Form Trajanum. Form Trajanum was designed by Stefan Feld and published by Stronghold Games in 2018. It plays 2-4 to four players in 60-120 to 120 minutes. Form Trajanum is a competitive game where each player governs a colonia in the Roman Empire. Players will be drafting resources at the start of each round and then develop their own colonia and contribute to the development of the Forum Trajanum to ensure support from Rome for the colonia. At the start of each round, you will be selecting two colonia tiles from your player board, choosing one to keep and pass the other one to the player on your right. You will receive one colonia tile from the player on your left, that each player in turn order selects one of these tiles to use to gain its resources or citizen. You will then perform a build action on your player board of a gray and or colored building type. Depending on what you choose to build, you will get various benefits from points to resources among other things. Each cycle of the game lasts for four rounds. At the end of each cycle, scoring will occur in a number of areas. At the end of the third cycle, the game ends. The player with the most points will be the greatest supporter of Rome and in turn have the support of the Emperor. So we got Forum Trajanum here. Stronghold Games. Yep. Kind of cardboard thickness we're looking at, Tim. Kind of the, player board. The player boards were really good. They were a good thickness. They were nice yep. and sturdy. They weren't flopping all over. And, yeah, that's my... That's chunky meeples, too. Mm-hmm. Were, yeah, they were yeah, kind of, like, tall, too. There's some big and tall meeples. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah, I thought the, the player... They're really good player aids because it has, like, most of the rules on it. They're a little thin. Yeah, those, aids. Those, are, those are flappy. Yeah, it's the only negative... Component-wise, that was really the only... <laughs> Just the uh, uh, I wish the, they the flappy floppiness. They gave you four of them in English instead. That of, is yeah, really weird. Why? So that's the only other thing about the player aids. No, they're thin. They give you two. I wish they had the icons on the when you move up the gray building tracks. What those mean? Okay, yeah, that they have the citizens there. and all that on there, and what you can do with the meeples to mitigate stuff. That was all really nice, but I wish they also had that on there as well. So like a little bit bigger player okay. aid with what those... A couple more things. They had most of the stuff on yeah. there, but there's just a few things that weren't on there. And they had the end you know, the, you know, end of age scoring and yep. that, which was nice. And, you know, now that I've I've played, I've read through the rules a few times, you know, played it a few times, like even the, the two French ones, I can <laughs> get most of it from like the end of age scoring. I could use one of those. Like if two other people that are new to the game have the English ones, I can kind of figure it out. Give us but, four English ones. I know. <laughs> It'd be so much better if it did. It's four players. You want four. Yeah. So I do nice. have a weird nitpick about the player boards. Okay. I thought you were going to say the the game board. I got one on the game board. Okay. I do have one about the game board too, but I'm going to start with the okay. player board. So if you look at your player board in front of you, okay, now on the right-hand side when you're drafting your tiles, the one you don't take, you're going to put on the right side, and it's indented a little bit. Why is it indented on the left-hand side as well? 
I always felt like I should be putting stuff on that side, but we never do. I noticed it, but it never really bothered me or anything. Because uh, they go on the right. That's why. <laughs> I don't but, know. But why Are the player the boards left? double-sided or no? The player board, yeah. That's why they're double-sided. Oh, oh yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I my face, yeah. then. You can, you can cut that out if you want. <laughs> But still, so it there just, you go. Why? Oh, why yeah. just one side? Because one side, yeah, everyone's the same. Right. The other side are random yeah. or not random. But... Okay. <laughs> so any other complaints about the player board? I got one on the board. Okay. Score track. Yeah. Yeah, I don't it's like so how weird. it like walks around <laughs> stuff instead of just going like a circle or a square. It like yeah. juts down and because sometimes it was behind the stacks of tiles. So if you're sitting on the other side, you got to kind of look over to see where you are. And I, I was always worried about knocking the stacks over, and it was very bizarre choice. Yeah, I'd agree with that. That was my one okay. like thing I didn't really like on the game board is the scoring track, how that worked. Yeah, so that's my only complaint about the production. Not the player. <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I really like the art for it. it. It I think it helped with the theme. Like You really felt like you're in ancient Rome kind of thing. I like there's a lot of, you know. What? <laughs> well, the, the I, art. No, <laughs> say that again. I I, I think I, I misheard you. I agree with both of you on this. I think I misheard you, but please say that again. I think the art helped fit, fit the theme. What you... theme? Well, he did say it made him feel like he was in, and I was like, okay, I like the art, but I... <laughs> Good okay. Getting into theme here. Okay, that's what well, I. There's no theme in the game, but like no. the art, okay. like felt like ancient Rome, so that helped with the theme. But besides that, there's zero theme. Yeah, is what I'm getting. Very at. little. There you go. I'd say zero. Very well. Besides the art, even the art. I mean, I, I could have been anywhere. I felt like it was that was Rome, or. I could. Hey, did you read my overview? you I could have been in France. <laughs> Looking down at buildings like that. Those Roman Roman columns and things like that. Those aren't in France for the most part. Oh, it could have been in one of the colonias in France there during the time. Yeah. It's still zero theme. Well, okay. Bring well, us- no, it's got no theme for me. Yeah, the okay. gameplay has zero theme. Yeah, it's, it. there's nothing. I completely agree with you on that. But like, I, I like the art, like the, you know, kind of distinct you know bright colors distinct colors so you kind of know the uh the four um let's see the the four you know the different gray buildings yeah everything stood out yeah every you know as far as the art direction of it everything pop you know the meeples look good the when you actually place your little guys in the little town square or whatever it was i think it looked envoys out yeah Yeah. when you put those Mm -hmm. out you know it, it looks cool just it, I had no feeling of Rome. You got no, what's your adhesive on this run for my the theme? adhesive value? So, you know, like when you take a shower and there's water running down the side of the your shower, yep, the whatever material it tile is, tile or yeah, your glass, whatever you got, yeah, yeah. Um, that's about as how sticky it is that water sticking to the side of the surface like when it's got soap on it, too. So it's like super slippery, yeah. And like, no, and when you like step into the tub and like you slip, <laughs> that's the theme. They're just that sounds right, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, sometimes you get like the little sticky pads to put on the bottom of the tub so you don't slip, and that's like 
a little bit of the art that helped you just not fall over when you stepped in? <laughs> I don't think it's that strong. Yeah, that's <laughs> a little much. Yeah. So I, I guess one thing that would have been cool on the player boards if they had an arrow telling you where the first player marker passed. Yeah. <laughs> that's one of like, the that complaints, up. like because you always pass to the right. You all like I still don't everything. Know. You always pass the left and everything. So yeah. like, passing to the right is always weird. Like you're passing the when you choose which colonia tile to take. You're that, passing one to the right and the player first player marker yeah. goes to the right. And why I don't even know why. Why did they have you pass a colonia t- draft to the right instead of the left? I know I, some games they switch each round. Yeah, I don't even. I think because turn order goes to the left so they want to like well you know i'm first right you're be? second and then you're first the next time. you know how simple it would be though <laughs> you pass turn order to the left you draft everything to the left instead of oh wait no this has to go to the right this i mean goes we're just idiots left. and I, I just never well, got it right but obviously i couldn't even figure out why the clearboard is indented where does this go <laughs> <laughs> who, who so. does this go to <laughs> But yeah, I think it's got good components, good art, no theme. So let's get into the what, gameplay. What's here. your adhesive index? You, you got it. You, you just struck gold. Did I? You got yep, it. That was, oh. you, you nailed that one. Yep. I'm like three for ten. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Good for a batting average. <laughs> so what did you guys think of the gameplay? I enjoyed it. I really like the the citizens are a lot of fun you know you got a bunch of them that you can pick from for special abilities you get little bonuses there's a lot of different ways to get points whether it's through those citizens gray build and gray buildings colored buildings the trajan tasks or whatever those are called moving that slide bars is fun so yeah i like the variety in the scoring options and the things to do on my turn and the mitigation of what you get you can actually mitigate a lot with those the white the tribunes. White, yeah, yeah, you can mitigate with those. You can change. You can keep two of your envoys that you keep and the one that gets passed, so you can actually keep both of them. You can change workers into gray and colored workers in different ways. So I really like that. It's not super random or super lucky or anything. Yeah. The it, only randomness I felt was the citizen tiles that you placed on the left-hand side there because there were a few times where I was hoping to get one, but I just couldn't draw it off my board and i wouldn't no one would pass it to me because there's a couple that start out you know where they are but you the ones in most of right in the grid you're like hoping you get them yeah so that was one of my negatives was that was random but everything else like you said ryan every the actually trying to get the different colored meeples are they even considered meeples really yes the little wooden bits (laughs) when you're trying to get the different colored people Mm -hmm. i never felt like it was ever an issue because there's like that exchange rate for where you can trade your people in for different colors if you have the you can get the brown i think or assistance to change the colors if you want so like all right well i want to build the green but well i got a brown one so i can use this yellow one instead so you know there's it's like there's a lot of decisions like well which one do i pick up and there's a lot, I think, as far as long-term planning with, with which ones you're picking up. It's it is. I, I agree that there's a lot of luck as far as what they end up being because you can't see them. But you know, which one do you pick up? Do you you know do you use the white tribune to change which street to take from? You know, which one to use? Which one to pass? Yeah. And then when you get the two of them, well, which one of those do you want to use, or do you want to use both? You know, uh, using some more of those tribunes. Um, 
what to build. Do you build colored ones or gray ones? And which tracks do you take? So there's, there's a lot of good decisions that that you're making. Um, and they, you, you definitely need to have kind of a, a long-term plan what your your overall, or I guess what your overall strategy. Your main source of points. You want to figure that out pretty early, especially yep. based on what citizen you get right away that should drive yep. your strategy for the game. Because you so, always start with one citizen. Yep. I think that it, it then feels very distinct based on which citizen you take. You know, you're going to you know try to use that as much as you can to kind of maximize that that strategy so it feels very different if you're moving though that doing that slide bar and building up your envoys feels very different than if you're going more of a heavy either colored or gray you know you want to build a bunch of those gray buildings you know feels very different yeah whichever one you're going for. and i really like the pace of the game it never seemed to have much downtime it was real you know you flip the two cards and it tells you what row and column you pick out of you pick them draft them that is probably the most downtime you're going to have is when you're waiting for someone to pass you. Yeah, there's a couple times as... where I would have trouble, like what exactly I wanted to do on my turn, but not like right. But in order to very time, there's right? so yeah. many games that there's a lot yeah. more downtime. You're always doing something. Yeah, you're always and that's engaged. Uh, that's what it's I always good. felt in this game, and I that's a big pro for me. It was that it moved fast, and you know, the more I played it, the more I got into it, and. You know, if you listened back to the first time we played this, I did not like the first play we had because I just didn't know what was going on. Yeah. So with more plays... It's not like you liked it. You just didn't know what was going on. Yeah, but it, I was really frustrated the first, you know, three quarters of the game yeah. because of that. But then okay. once I realized how scoring kind of worked and then like, it started clicking and... It might sound like trades in them because... It- I remember you saying trade, you yeah, didn't probably. like it really until the end when you finally knew what yeah. the heck was going this one, on. It's got a little bit of a learning curve. Like, you know, once you get through that first game, for sure, you'll, you got a good idea of how it goes. That, that first round or first age, not going to have any idea until what you're you, supposed it, to be until doing. Until you score. Yeah. And it's mostly just score. trying to learn the concepts of how things work. Everything's, mm-hmm. the game's, I guess, you know, simple once you get into it. Yeah. And yep. you figure it out. And so, there's a lot of depth to it, mm-hmm. even with it being simple and, you know, just the strategies of it. So, yeah, I enjoy this. Yeah, and I like the um, the flexibility in the game, too, with those, the white tribunes so that you can, you can, you know, kind of manipulate where you're going to actually draw from if you're trying to, you know, you want to build those double buildings because, you know, you can do two build actions basically instead of one, so you kind of want to set that up, you know, the the brown meeples where you can change the color so you can kind of you know so that all right i'm going for red i'm scoring reds this this turn so i want to get as many of those as i can right so i like that flexibility where you can do some different things like you're never stuck not being able to do anything maybe not exactly what you want to do but you can do some things that are going to help you yeah i always try to make sure i had a lot of white meeples on hand yep so i always try to get keep both of my keep both envoys as much as i could um, I like the I like the Trajan tasks. I wish there was more of them. Okay. I think the one thing I wish really is the uh, maybe you get more points for completing them. Like in Era One, you get that additional three points, whatever that one. You know, because when you put a green, not a green, but a gray building down, that the one where you score points depending on what era and how many citizens you have. Oh, yeah, you the get the, the three points 
I wish you'd get those three points. Because that first era, it's like, why like try to even do any of these tasks? It's so hard to do them. I could maybe get one of them. Like, give me an extra three points, and then in era two, you get two points. You get in era three, you get one extra point for completing the, along with where your slide bar is at. Or even like the slide, because I think the slide bar is at three, five, and seven. Yeah. Maybe have those at a little higher numbers, well, I guess. Well, even three, five, and seven is fine. You're also scoring, though, based on the column. So you're getting more points okay. for doing them early. Because it was like, I never did any of those tasks in that first era. It just was like, that just seems like a lot of work for like no payoff. Yeah, there's not enough payoff for those, I think, in the especially the first year. And if you're going for those in the later eras... Yeah, you can plan ahead for yeah. era two and, you and can, three. If score. you're moving your slide bar over, you can get so that you're getting seven um, yeah. points for them and you have enough time to plan. And a lot of times they'll be... Um, you know, It's kind of like they don't work together all the times. You know, age two and three, like one of them's got, you know, in the corners, you know, four colored ones or maybe it's gray ones stacked together for the third age so they don't always work together so you're like well i'm either doing that one or the second or third age you can't really do both sometimes yeah it's like a lot of other felled games it's nice where you're getting typically you're getting little bonuses for things you know the different gray buildings you move you go up the different uh tracks for those buildings and you're getting little you might get some brown maples colored maple you might get some coins when you fill out one of those colored envoys in the game board you're getting a little bonus, you know, you might move your slot, yeah. you get you, know, you get to pick what you want to take as a bonus for completing that colored section. So I like a lot of that stuff. Um, the Citizens is probably just my favorite part as far as their special abilities and things like yeah, that. Yeah, you get, if you're, you're building the same row as that, you get those gray, the bonuses for different gray building. I like, you know, the choices, you know, there's the four different ones, three of them are tracks, or do you want to do the one that's, you know, the points one? Um, for so you're deciding, you know, do I go a lot in one, you know, one of those tracks, or do I want to do some of each to get, you know, kind of maximize the, you know, the citizen points um, in those rows, or you know, gonna get a lot of the same ones. You might not get as many points there, but you get better bonuses by going up more. So it's like those those kind of choices that you yeah. have. Mm-hmm. I Definitely thought the a slide salad. <laughs> I thought the slide bar was pretty cool. Never really seen something like that not that it was that like groundbreaking but it was just kind of interesting you, know, you score different points depending on yeah, like the top where your location is on the slide bar and so yeah. it was both it yeah it kind of did like the top of it was those goals um the end of age goals or whatever and then the bottom part was how your envoys and that how much Largest they would group. score your largest you envoy have, yeah. how many points so it's kind of fun you know like all right i want to which one to want to go to to try to make my envoy bigger in that mm-hmm Um, I guess a negative would be the the streets. There's two of them. Like I don't like that. Like it would help to know which ones are out there. Like you kind of have to. Like if you're trying to really plan it out, you probably have to try to memorize which ones have gone. And like I'm not gonna do that though. You like, could probably right, just look street? through the discard. I'm sure. Yeah, or I guess you could like just when you play them, just set them out so everybody can see them. I guess, but I don't like. Like that last round, like, all right, well, which ones are going to be? Do I need to keep a white or not? Because I'm certainly not going to keep track of what streets are yeah. uh, left. There's some times where I wish I could just see the tiles that I'm picking because, like, you really need something. Yeah. But they're not going to have it face up because there's going to be some serious AP if someone's yeah. sitting there looking, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it's just sometimes it's just kind of frustrating. Like, 
I don't, I'm, I'm trying I don't to build gray thinking. buildings and I can't get a gray or yeah. something like that. Yeah. It's all I got. Yeah. Anything, Michael? I think that's that's about it. So, Tim. Yes. First play, you're kind of frustrated till you got to the end of it. What are you yep. giving this one? Well, after that first play, you're obviously... Going, going it, into the evolution of your rating on the game? Well, <laughs> I'm not even sure where... I didn't even rate it after the first play because I just was not sure at all. Like I said, I hated it. A lot of times it's tough after the first yeah, play. Yeah, I did not like the first part of the game and then towards the end it was like okay this starts to make sense and then i was really looking forward to more plays and then every time i've played it's like oh okay i'm starting to understand the strategies now and i'm starting to get into it more and basically that put me right at about an eight uh you know right now you know with more plays could it go up could it go down sure but that's where i'm sitting at right now yeah, it's a really good rating. I like that. I'm gonna go with it too. I'm gonna go with an eight. I like the, you know, just the different decisions <laughs> wow. that you have, and, um, you know, just the I like the choices, the flexibility you have it with the the different strategies you can have feel very different, and I think all very viable. Uh, each of the different strategies, the different citizen rows, and that all, I'll feel good. Those are always fun. You know, which which ones you're gonna get. Yeah, I would say I'm at a nicely packed right between you guys uh, at an eight. <laughs> um, wow, good wow, original agreement. I don't have many. I don't have any big complaints about. It. I got a few minor quibbles and whatnot, yeah. but nothing major. Um, but I enjoy the variety of the game. I do worry a little bit. The last few times, I feel like the gray buildings. You could score. It just feels more powerful than the colored ones especially if you get a couple citizens and a couple rows and whatnot i think when you first play the game it seems easier to move that slide bar and score your group of envoys and stuff but i think you can score more points it depends though on what trajan tasks come out so I mean, that does vary from game to game probably yeah. so so it probably is balanced but it just felt a little bit towards gray buildings yeah if there's some especially if they're the gray trajan tasks or whatever that i could see that but i mean the with the colored ones you you probably want to move those up if you can get there quickly you'll get a, a decent on you know size envoy and you know get to the five seven early in the game to kind of get more of those points if you're not moving that slide bar up till real late it's one round and you're not going to score a ton versus those gray ones but it's a game i really enjoy and i will usually play it and i'd give it a solid eight Nice. Well, are you guys ready to jump back into the Board Game Geek Top 250 Games of All Time? I am ready. What number are we at, Tim? Uh, We're going to be doing 200 through 176. Yep. Whew. I was pretty confident I was going to mess that up. <laughs> so number 200, we got a game on my shelf of shame. Yeah, we do. That is a very dry, boring-looking game. It looks real boring. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, I probably haven't read the rule book because it has paper money, so I'm not real big on that. But what's the quality of the paper money? Is it as bad as the City of the Big Shoulders money? I don't remember. It's it's probably about that quality. It might be a little bit thicker. I don't. I really don't remember. Like just the napkin. It was just kind of flopping all over in the box when I 
opened it, so I'm just like, uh <laughs> It's like but, a like a dead fish in there flopping yeah. around. But I really like the look of the gameplay in this one. A little bit different. What's the game? Imperial 2030. I said it earlier. Oh. Okay. I'm not sure if you did. I wasn't listening. You can listen back when you edit. <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I have it, so obviously I'm interested in playing it. But what do you guys think? Yeah, there's like the the six different powers, whatever for it. And like you're kind of like more like an in- investor. Like I I was pretty interested in it. like the like the armies. Like it's just you lose one to one kind of ratio. It's not you know rolling dice. Like I don't always like that for this type of a game. I think that kind of kind of fits with it. And you kind of control you control some of the powers based on how many like was it shares that you have? Yeah, or it's okay. it's not don't. Settle down, Tim. It's not super like stock market type thing. It's it's a yeah. different feel. It's got like area control, some fighting, but it's not really a war game. It, it's just it's it's interesting. It's the same designer as Concordia, so it's got that boring look and some yeah. solid gameplay. Yeah, he nailed that. So, <laughs> so <laughs> nailed that boring look. <laughs> it is a later edition. I think Imperial came out first, and I think that was a post World War One themed game. I think that game is very different. It's not like just there's a lot of things that are different with it, I think, than, yeah. than this. I thought. I don't think tons. Oh, but yeah. maybe, maybe. I don't know. I didn't know. I didn't look into Imperial as much. So I will say, when you finally read the rules, I would be interested to play it, <laughs> but it worries me because it's money exchanging. Because it looks ugly. Yeah, there might be a yeah. lot of money exchanging, and just we'll see. A lot of paper money passing around. <laughs> yeah this is definitely one i was very interested to play so ryan you know get on that <laughs> yeah 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 i was gonna either read the rule book for that or caverna next and i went with caverna oh, thank you. <laughs> i can't say it was a bad decision but <laughs> uh number 199 is mysterium ryan i know you're big on this game oh, i've played nine games <laughs> you wanted to forget that or what? <laughs> Must have just blacked it out. Mysterium, yeah. Yeah, this one's a dud. It's, uh, I'm glad Aaron or Johnny haven't picked this recently because I do not enjoy this game. And Marv picked the better version of it, uh, Deception, Murder, in Hong Kong. I would always want to play that over this every day of the week. <laughs> I like the those dream cards, that kind of the art. Yeah, the art is the nice. Yep. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mind it. I thought you know, Deception, Murder in Hong Kong is a better game, so kind of killed it for me in that aspect. But uh, the plays I had, I didn't mind. I, okay, I wasn't like, against it as much I as you were. I just feel like I'm flopping around and like some guy's giving me a card and I'm supposed to. Figure out what he's trying to tell me. He's yeah. like, oh, I just gave you the garbage card. Okay. What am I doing here? And then... Maybe it was the ghosts. I think the rules teach. It had probably the, one of the worst teaches ever when Johnny was tell, teaching us this. It's like a light game, simple. Yeah. I still don't know what's going on when I'm playing this <laughs> yeah. game. And that's probably part of my frustration. Because I don't enjoy it that much anyway, so I don't even try to figure out what's happening. I just wait till the game's <laughs> over. It's not something I I typically like, but I I didn't I didn't hate the the play. It's not something I would pick or play, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
but yeah, Deception Murder in Hong Kong is definitely a better game. So like, I, yeah, I don't, I don't see ever. I'd pick that over this every time. So yeah, I, I'd play it if if somebody picked. That's it. I enough. I wouldn't refuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on to 198 then. Um, that's Indonesia. There you go, Tim. There's that splatter game for you. It's I, got that art. I tell you what, it does not look like a game for me. Yeah, it's like you're, like you're. You have different companies, and you can be like forced to, to sell goods. I think it is, um, which, to you're you're trying to you know kind of screw people over, like making them deliver stuff and not, you know, have the money for it, kind of thing. Which I, not typically. Eh, yeah, really this like that. this one doesn't really interest me. For splatter games, I want to play. <laughs> I want to play Great Zimbabwe because I have it read the rules a few times we talked about this earlier and that one isn't nearly as heavy or ugly as their other games i do want to play food chain magnate but this one did not have any appeal to me really yeah it was was tough like getting through like figuring the game out and that was like "Eh, so you're safe tim don't worry (laughs) and it didn't seem like a game anyone else is gonna like to play either so i was like I'm never gonna play this. Yeah. yeah I... What? I'm just. I'm just glad I wasn't the <laughs> only one. You're just I, so relieved right like, now. This is happy. I thought for sure you guys would be like, "Oh, this looks awesome." <laughs> Pick this one up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Number one ninety-seven um, is a game I am requesting Gaming Yeti to bring to Origins next year. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Does he even have it? Yeah, he had a picture of it on his Instagram. Did he? I think he did. Now you're making me second guess. <laughs> but that is The Lord of the Rings Journeys in Middle Earth. Uh, that came out earlier this year, I believe. And that is by Fantasy Flight. And obviously, it's a theme I really enjoy. I love War of the Ring. Um, but it's co op and it's campaign. So it's one that I'm not going to get played unless I play it solo or like me and Michael play it. So it's one yeah. of those that. Yeah, campaigns aren't my. They're just tough to, yeah, to to get to you know because game does you you're not gonna play with the same people every time. So those aren't ones I typically that into for that reason. But uh, it's very app heavy. Yep. The game like it seems like almost half the game is is the app, which I'm sure helps with the kind okay. of variability with it. And like it's yeah, yeah, the you know it doesn't take a lot of time to get together and start playing. I guess so. So that's a positive, probably. You're right, Ryan. I know my listeners. Yeah. <laughs> or listener. <laughs> He's got it. So Gaming Yeti, if you're listening, I'd like to give it a shot. <laughs> I would, too. I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't know how often it would get played, but I'm sure I would like it quite a bit. So I think what I like is instead of dice, it has card play for like the combat and stuff. Okay. Like successes okay. and failures on your cards, I think, if I remember right. But it looked yeah, interesting. So. And the kind of the app keeps track of it for you, so you don't have to worry about you know yeah. slide markers and stuff like that, which we already discussed. We don't like. Yeah. So. Yep. So that's nice. So yeah, I'd be interested in playing it. I'm, it's not one I'm going to seek out, but I'd definitely play it if Gaming Eddie brought it. <laughs> <laughs> so that brings us to 196, Ryan, and that is Fury of Dracula, third or fourth edition. Yep, that's that's one ninety six. Yeah, <laughs> is that all you have to say? <laughs> you're, like, you're like looking at me, waiting. Well, I know you're you're big on this game, aren't you? 
Um, I've never played Dracula, so I might enjoy it more than not really enjoying it when I'm playing <laughs> <At all>. the <laughs> investigators or whatever you want to call okay. them. Um, yeah. yeah, the one versus many kind of thing. Like we one. we kind of reviewed it. We've we've kind of beat it to death. But <laughs> we kind I of just, reviewed it. <laughs> well, we reviewed it, kind of beat it to death. It just, yeah, I don't like playing as the investigators in this game. Yeah, I don't love the combat with it really like i don't i don't mind that you know kind of searching around and finding dracula i think i might be okay with being dracula i don't i don't know i've never played it but it just I seems like I'd... you got a, some cool decisions to make i like the yeah. theme of it you know it's a really cool theme but yeah it's one that i like um but and, i i will... did like and then <clears throat> yeah, shocked and then there us there was one... and it like plummeted for him yeah but but you know it was kind of um it's one of those games that I prefer it at like three players instead of the full five players because it. Oh, yeah, if I you think play it, I played it as maybe four and five. I've played it at probably, but yeah. so at three players, one player is Dracula, and then the other two players they actually control two of the hunters, so it gives you that feel of doing more on yeah. your turn. So if you have one character that isn't doing much or can't because he doesn't he's just getting beat up the whole game you have another character at least it gives you that feel so that is good but the thing for me is i like the theme of this game a lot and that just detracts from the theme if i'm controlling two characters because i want to be that one character that's who i am i'm running around i'm doing all these different things and if i have two characters i'm not two people it, well, it takes me out of the theme. Obviously, but I'm just saying it takes me out of the theme. I mm. like the idea of that, but this is one of those games where I want to feel the theme. I don't always want to feel the theme. Yeah, yeah. For me, it it took a little too long. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Is, was my biggest negative with it. Like if it was shorter, like I I might like it more. I, I didn't hate it, but it was like eh. Yeah, I don't it's hate okay. the game. But... Right, so move on to number one ninety five. We got Mage Wars Arena. Yes. This is also one that I'd like to try. Yeah, I'm right there with you. It um, it almost has that feel. I think it would almost be similar to Summoner Wars in a way, just because you're controlling a mage or a summoner. Uh, maybe I'm just way off, but that's kinda kind of the feel I get. The tactical so play of it, I think. But you're, I mean, I don't know how Arena works compared to Mage Wars. I know this is a simplified version. Because in Mage, Mage Wars, you're picking spells out of this actual spell book, and then you're spawning creatures out of the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fully you know customizable kind of thing. Like, and you have all of your cards available. You're not you know you know going through a deck and getting things like yeah. You have, you have everything this, like, portfolio of cards. Really. Yep. But yeah, this is one I'm. I'd play with you, Tim. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I think I'd like now it. with Michael. I, just you know, nah, going yeah. to, like I don't really want to play. Just going through that was like it just wow. makes me want to play Summoner Wars, <laughs> and I'd yeah. way rather play that. I just, I don't like the I guess the. It's um, hard to beat Summoner Wars. So, I mean, come on. I know. Well, it's that's a great game. That's why it's you yeah. know. We'll get but, there. Like, it seems like they're all <laughs> having all those cards there is like eh, I just wasn't interested. But okay, that's all right. Fair enough. 194, we got one of Tim's favorites. That is Coimbra. Correct, yeah. I played this once, I believe. You played it once late at night with Marv. It was not very fun. (laughs) I did not enjoy it. 
Yeah. I'll try it again if you present it. I'll try it. As long as something else, you know, better is not getting picked alongside of it. <laughs> okay, so a lot of, a lot of stipulations <laughs> here. Seems right. like you're really r- ready to try this. So if the stars align okay. and I play it again. So you're telling me there's no a chance. chance. Yeah, there's, I there's probably chance. won't pick it, uh, maybe very rarely, because I play it quite a bit with Sarah. She really enjoys it, so I kind of get my fill of it. Oh, okay. There. So I won't see it again then. Yeah, yeah. You might, just because I know how much you really enjoy dice drafting and dice placement games. Yeah. I like the where there's you know the different color of dice, you know, allows the different actions and then the like the numbers, the cost, I think it is. So yeah, I, that I, like part's the dual part, awesome. I, that's I, I like it. Um yeah. So I, I I need to play it again. I've only played it a couple times in that, but I I I didn't love it, but I I yeah. like I'd play it if it was picked for sure. I think it needs another deck, like an expansion with just like a Another deck of cards that you play with, or maybe you randomize the two decks type of thing, just to add more variety, variability to the gameplay. Because you're always playing with that same deck of cards. It's you don't know which cards are going to show up when, but you have like an A, H one, two, and three deck with the same cards okay. in it. So I think an expansion with a new deck would be nice. But I really enjoy dice drafting, dice placement games. This one has yeah, where you like you said, Michael, the number on the dice that determines how much you're going to pay and then the color of the dice is going to determine your income i just i really enjoy that part of it but tim doesn't that's our opinions so let's get on to 193 193 is samurai it's a abstract strategy game by reiner knizia correct and older game i'm gonna check out this one and uh let aaron fill in for me here okay (laughs) But. I'm also going to check out of that one. It, basically, what you're doing is you're placing your tokens out and trying to surround stuff on the board, from what I gathered. Yeah, there's three different... Um... I'll let you take it away, Michael. Yeah, you go okay. ahead. I'll, I'll <laughs> I saw what it on. was, and I didn't even like Yeah, there's some different... Uh, di- three different pieces spread throughout the board, and you place the tiles around them. Once you surround them, it's surrounded. Whoever has the most points on it, basically, so everybody's got the same points to start out kind of an area control type of game there's some wild different tiles that allow you to do special things um a few of them there's definitely one i would i actually would like to play this one as far as an abstract might actually enjoy on this one here but i'm not gonna like go buy it but if aaron gets it i'll play it (laughs) he's more the the abstract. I don't know if he's into his area control as much, but well, it's, it's an abstract. abstract so. I think if, for not liking area control, I think if he's going to like an area control, this would probably be the one. If he gets it, I'll play it. What do we got for one ninety two? We got Navigador. I think I'm saying that right. Sounds right. Another it's... Matt Gertz game. Yep. Another Concordia. Max Gertz game. Another dry looking game. I don't know if you looked at oh, the yeah. art on this one, Tim. Yeah. So that's he's he's got that down. Imperial twenty thirty, <laughs> this just, Concordia. Man, just real bland looking games. <laughs> they can't <laughs> give this guy a break and give him some good art. <laughs> <laughs> just relying on his designer pedigree. Yeah. <laughs> it's working. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in playing this one. I am too. Yeah, the like the, the little action rondelle yep. um, type of yeah. thing is cool. You're moving your ships around, discovering and you know, founding col- colonies or something like that i think you yeah port, you're, i think you're portuguese technically the theme um yeah but yeah rondelles are fun i liked how this one worked too it, it seemed cool because you can basically jump as far ahead as you want 
but the first two or three spots you move are free, and then anything after that you have to pay. So that yep. seemed kind of cool. So you can you can jump out to a different action, but you're paying or you're trying to just kind of work up to those. Yeah. Kind of neat how you, like with the ships, like you got to move two in because you're going to lose one, which kind of makes sense with the theme. This was like, you know, long ago when you're discovering the, the new world and things like that. So you're going to lose some ships doing that. So yeah. like that was kind of, you know, fit the theme. That was kind of neat doing that. And you can also, you know, your workers, you can lose them to get those kind of like privilege things. So that was kind of cool. You're selling goods and things. There's a couple different ways. You can either sell and get goods or produce goods or something. I forget all the Yeah, I looked it, at, I looked into this a while ago, but I do remember really wanting to play it, and it looked yeah, really interesting. Like, so, and it, it's just first, funny that I, he's got just garbage art on his games. <laughs> I know. Like I was starting to look in. I was like, oh, man, this one's going to be rough getting through. And then I was like, oh, actually, oh, this is kind of interesting. That's neat. And so I was like, oh, that's same as Concordia. Yeah. That's fits that theme he's got going <laughs> so so maybe you'll want to play imperial 2030 with me tim maybe maybe maybe, maybe not <laughs> just depends how mathy but any just go no it's not mathy 20 it's not like city of the big shoulders. no it's not <laughs> well i'm just a little gun shy anytime you guys say you know stocks it's and... less mathy than power grid <laughs> I didn't think Power Grid was that bad. No, and it, it's like that. It's like that or less. Okay. Yeah, I would say. And that was our number 200. So anyways. <laughs> Get back to the list here. Um, what? Number, yeah, number 191. Yep. We got a game by Vladimir Suchi. He did uh, Prodigal's Club, which needs to get played more yeah oh yeah uh he also yes. designed pulsar 2849 uh, yes. he designed that yep. he designed okay. some other stuff too but this is underwater cities mm-hmm. uh this one looks real interesting to me uh, it's kind of got big giant deck of cards you know a lot of people say it's similar to terraforming mars i think it's because you got a big deck of cards and you're choosing which ones to play and yeah, except you're just like doing that. it you know instead of doing it on mars you're doing it you know Building in the up ocean. Up Without the components are really yeah. cool. You got the little like the domes, the domes, yeah, the bubble like, domes. Yeah. Looks sweet. The theme is pretty cool. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get this a shot. I I feel like it might play too long for what I would want it to. Maybe when I looked at some of the play times, but don't really you know. Yeah, you never you know. know. Like, you like with the like yeah. you're when you play a card and then you're trying to match the color. The colors so you can do extra stuff. Basically, like that part yeah. of it, I, it's really interesting to me that you're yeah. to, whenever you're trying to maximize that, you know, matching stuff up to get beefier action. Bonus I stuff, guess. Yeah. basically. Yeah, it, seems, it has some interesting card playing. It, it looks like a game I'd really yeah. enjoy. Seems like a I lot agree. of a lot of different ways to score. You know, a lot of a lot of different actions and that that you can do in the just the engine building part of it. It's yep. really interested in playing this one. It's, way up there for me this is one that marv would probably win because we would not catch him cheating because we're too worried about <laughs> yeah. keeping our stuff in order yeah i gotta say though his, his girlfriend did a good job policing him though. yeah Rail- ranging yep. him in yeah <laughs> yep that was good he needs that so that brings us to our 190 that's alien frontiers another one i got a lot of interest in playing and i have for a long time i worry now for the group though especially you tim it might have too much ratty interaction yeah that was the one like everything else about the game i was really interested in like the the dice rolling part of it i like the different you know going to those different locations you know you need certain combinations of dice to do certain things the one spot where there's like stealing cards and stuff that was like yeah that's like the one negative for me that 
I think the second negative, Tim, that I worry with you is the dice placement. You're not big on both of those. Yeah, and that's what, you know, really worried me about this. And I've looked into this game quite a while ago, and, yeah, that was kind of the big red flags for me. Again, if you got it and presented it, I would definitely try it, but I worry. It's it's not one that, it's like one I really want to play or I want to play at a convention or something like that, because I'm not really sure how I'd feel about it, but it, it looks fun and interesting to me, and I wouldn't like go into it super serious. It's kind of like, to me, I guess it would be, I know it's not a similar gameplay or style, but like Mission Red Planet, just a little bit longer and a little heavier than okay. that is yeah. kind of how I look at it. Yeah, where that, like, it's it's a little bit ratty with like the blowing yeah. up the ships, but like, you're you're going into it with the right frame yeah. of mind that like ah it's, you know it's just kind of a fun lighthearted type of game. I like the uh, like retro, I guess Jetson type artwork or sci-fi artwork. Not yeah, like Jetson, it does, but yeah. like older yeah. sci-fi look to it is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, like the different locations and the, the dice placement combinations was really really interested mm. me in this game. Are right, we at uh, number one eighty nine? Is Dixit Odyssey? Great artwork. Yep. yep. Awesome. And I I think it's basically the same as Dixit, right? I don't think yeah, there's really it's any just, difference. Yeah, it's just more cards, right? Yeah, this is a game that Aaron's always talked about picking up and it's while it's not one I would pick up, I would be interested in him getting it. I'd like to <laughs> I'd like to play it, you know. Okay. Nice party game, end of the night type game. Yeah, like yeah, one of those like you give a clue but not like too good a one and Yeah, good end of the night. See, I was thinking it would be too close to Mysterium where you wouldn't like I it. I do, but I haven't played it, so that's number one. Number two <laughs> is I still don't understand what's going on in Mysterium, and I think I was just so frustrated with Johnny that I never <laughs> want to play that game again. Yeah, that's fair. And, yeah. But I do worry about that, but this is one I would I would like to try still for a party game. Okay. That's all I got. Yeah, it looks, looks good. 188 is a game I think looks really cool, and I would like to try this one out. I think the board art and the dice look awesome. It is Raha's or Raha of the Ganges. Not sure if I'm pronouncing Raja, that right. I don't know. I'm pronouncing that sure. right, but don't look at me. R A J A S of the Ganges. <laughs> I'm probably not even saying any of that right, except for of the. Yeah, I think I think got you that. Made, yeah, you got that one. The Ganges is right. Yeah. Yeah, I think this looks really cool. I like how. So the end game condition is. Your victory points go one way on the track, and your money or your income goes the other way. And when they cross, that's what triggers yeah. the end of the game. That, yeah, it's kind of unique. That's pretty I cool. I don't think I've seen that before. And, yeah, I really like the art of it. The dice look cool. and mm-hmm. You got that, like, translucent, yeah. transparent-type look to yeah, them. There's you know? a lot of, lot of different actions that you can do in that, so I, I like that a lot. And like, I think you, is it you roll dice and then, and then use workers to do an action you're not actually placing the dice there's some spots you can place the dice if i remember correctly okay. but but it didn't seem like that was the main focus of the game but i could be wrong yeah, it's got that dice tim but is it the main focus it's a big focus yeah because it has worker placement yeah i know and then it has dice placement on the side as well the dice still play a big role okay I haven't tried it. <laughs> I, I just like there's a lot of different actions, a lot of bonuses in that, which was kind of. I'm not sure if I like the dice rolling in this, but I definitely would want to try this game. 
for sure. So that brings us to 187, and that is Rune Wars. Yep. Ryan, you and I played this yeah, we, we a long time ago. co-purchased it. Yep. That goes a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really big on it. it fell pretty flat. Um, I like the one part it kind of does that Twilight Imperium does as well, where you, you have those uh, tiles, and you're kind of picking your action or whatever you want to call it. It's like it's got the number. It's been so long, but uh, yeah. the beginning of the round, you kind of pick what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You draft those. Yeah, and I like the, I mean, it's it's got a little of the, like you're building up your civilization a little bit. You're kind of yeah. taking tiles for resources. And then the, I thought the biggest negative for me was that it had like heroes that could go on quests. I but it was so separate from was, what the actual so game was. It just from seemed the actual weird. Gameplay. Like the adventuring that they do and all this and that is just like a whole different like mini game you're playing with them compared to the full yeah. game. It's like, it just is like, what? But then they could come back and join your armies and benefit you in battle. Yeah, I, didn't, and... I didn't like that part. Um, you know, maybe we played it again. It's been quite a few years. Yeah. Might enjoy it a little bit more. But I agree with you. That was the biggest downfall was the, the heroes yeah. in the game. Yeah, I wasn't. I'm okay with it if you guys don't play this. I know, <laughs> no, you have it, so I'm like glad you don't like it a whole lot. So, I'm okay if I never play it. Number one eighty six is Charterstone, kind of a Euro style legacy type yep. game, kind of worker placement or bumping bump workers. I believe in this. Yeah, Tim has it. Yep, we, we played it once. Yeah, it's been a while, but you know, again, it falls. I thought the gameplay was fine but what it falls under is it's a legacy game for our group and it seems like those never work and so it just we played it the one time and it just hasn't been picked again because it's like well if we want to complete a legacy game we're going to want to play it over and over again and it's just hard for our group to get the same people and yeah and I don't think you necessarily need the same people. I'd no. want them to. Yeah, but... I'd still want to. I know two years after we first played it, someone finally picked it again. Johnny was like, oh, let's play Charterstone. It was like 11 o'clock at night, yeah. two years after we had played it's it. It's been so like, long since I've read the rules and like looked at the new... I, th- I thought the gameplay was okay. It was really, really simple and light, though. Like Just super basic. Yeah, well, because I think that was the first game. Yeah, yeah I know, but build. it was like it was so basic. It was just like, Ugh. and you're putting stickers on the board. I mean, that's a legacy. Your, game. That's well to like actually. Yeah, you know when you build your your next area, or you build like a little workshop, you put the sticker on your board. Yeah, and regen, yeah. constructing building, getting resources, and yeah. that like. I don't typically. I think this is one. Once it's done, you can actually play on yeah. a board that you it's create. Yeah, so I don't like legacy games where like then it's completely done. You can't play anymore. And I'm not yeah, like I said, I'm not typically into legacy games. But if I was gonna play one, this was, would kind of be a higher on the list as far as what I'd like to try. Yeah. Like it did look like the first first game or two would be a little more. There's not that many things to do. Yeah. A little too basic. But then I think it would seem like it would build. I didn't look into too much because it's tough without you know spoiling the game. I want Tim to. Uh play through the campaign, have the board all done, and then I want to play it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, get to work on that. <laughs> uh, 185 is a game I thoroughly enjoy. 
that is Battlelore Second Edition. Uh, always brings a little tear to my eye because the elves never came out, but uh, I think it's a great game, great little tactical miniature style game. I guess you could say. What makes it worse is that you actually bought like green bought sleeves, sleeves, sleeves for it. For yeah. it. <laughs> but it's got the three factions, and there's. I got two armies for each faction, you know. Yeah. So you mix those all together. You got you got tons of options. Yeah, yeah like you have a certain amount of points to create your armies. Yep. Is it? like okay. fifty points. I think it is typically. You can add some more points on, depending on what you do. But yeah, it's got uh, it's easily my favorite command and color game because of the units play so much different than each other. Like Memoir and the other ones, yes, they do have their own special abilities. I know command and color ancients and Napoleonics are more differentiated but the problem with memoir while i love the theme it's just like it's so samey with uh, like the tanks there's just tanks infantry and artillery and they're real basic where these the uh, units have very different special abilities certain dice do different things for those units and the lore cards is what really kicks it for me is playing those lore cards do various things and those other some gotcha cards in there isn't there I don't know. I've never been bothered by the cards in <laughs> Battlelore. Yeah, I I think I would prefer to play Memoir Forty Four just because I like the theme or into the theme more than the mm-hmm. fantasy type yeah. theme. So that's just what I would rather do. Like something I would, I would play this, but I'm not gonna like seek it out or anything. Yeah, so. I don't. I don't think it's really your nah. type of game. Not really. Any of these games. I like this game a lot, but. I would say that I do like Memoir better and probably Command and Colors. I need to play those more, but and I think the the lore cards is what lowers it for me because I feel like I'm doing something good and then all of a sudden someone hits me with a lore card and it just love them. They're good, but it just yeah. it takes it down a little bit. I, I okay. like even though like you said Memoir, yeah, they're just infantry and it, sometimes they're just tanks, but Part of me that that's just like the charm of it. It's just kind of a quick. You set it up and then you're rolling dice at each other. It's just kind of yeah. A, I'd say they're about the same length. Yeah, but yeah, but I, you know that's just kind exactly. of the way. Yep. So that brings us to 184, and that is Space Alert. Uh, it's kind of a real time space game. So Ryan, I know you're big on real time games. Um, I actually want to play this one a lot. It's by Vladishvatel. Oh, um, really? I'd love to play this one. It's been on my wish list for quite a while. Pick it up. I just told you I want to play it. I thought about it, but for whatever, for whatever reason, I just haven't uh, pulled the trigger on it. It looked kind of neat where like you're, you're going to read time, so it's that kind of frantic where like, yep, oh, you go here, just, you go here, you do this, and yep. like you're trying to coordinate with each other, but you don't have much time. And you and kind of play it all out and it, see what happens. You, know, you get and... these alerts, and you gotta, you know, you got to pay attention to all these different things and yeah. make sure you, you what charge the... You know, so you can fire your weapons and that stuff and making sure things time out right. And It's got the right theme for me. Yeah. I, and those real-time cooperative type games aren't something I was normally interested in, but this would be the one. I, hmm. I'd i play it. Maybe I always shied away because I, I thought you would just hate it because of the real I time. I like Escape, Curse of the Temple. That's I know that's like five minutes, but... Much to your chagrin, Tim, I really want to play Space <laughs> Alert. It's kind of like Burgle Bros on the other list. Yeah. Shocked you guys. Hmm. Yeah, I was definitely not expecting that. <laughs> but, yeah, seems seems interesting. 
I might hate it when I play it, but I am very interested in trying it. It still surprises me. Yeah. <laughs> now we got number 183, which is Exit the Game, The Abandoned Cabin. Yep, I got no interest in this at all. I played the one you borrowed me, Tim. Was it Exit or was it Unlock? Unlock. Yeah, they're like... They're the same I'm, thing. I'm, really. I know people love these. Go Banana Swarm and Escape Rooms are huge right now. I played the one you gave me and I just hated it. So I got no interest. Yeah, it's a kind of one and done game where you're. I think you're cutting up a lot of stuff, so you couldn't play it again. Yeah, basically. Which and that's the biggest uh, difference between this and Unlock is that Unlock you could like I played it, and then I could give it to Ryan to play as long as the cards are in order. <laughs> in the deck, I just remember Aaron giving it back to you too. <laughs> when... Yeah, because he did something really weird where he like gave it back to me after borrowing it, and I'm like, how was it? And he was like, like he didn't want to tell me that he didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. It was just so bizarre. <laughs> Like I'm gonna be offended that he didn't like this like ten dollar game. Ten dollar game that you borrowed him. Yeah, <laughs> just weird. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not big into the unlock or escape say, it games. Can't be too big because you haven't picked any up. Yeah, I just bought I th- one or two of them. I think I, I think I have two of them. Oof. I played one, and I haven't. I, have, I don't think we even opened the other one, but so. But so one that you cut up and that you can never play again, I, it really doesn't interest me that much. Yeah, I don't like if if it's a game like if you're really into escape rooms or something like this is like you yeah. know, board game version of an escape room, I think basically. So yeah, that's basically if you if you into that, give it a try. I I enjoy escape rooms, but have you done some? Escape I've room? done one. Have you? Yeah. Did you escape? Yes, just oh, right here, at the very he? end. Yeah, he's not, he's not trapped yet. <laughs> Yeah, I think we escaped with like less than two minutes left or something. It was right at the very end. Hmm. We got it, so we did it. But I don't need a board game version of it. <laughs> so <laughs> number one eighty two is a game that you and I, Tim, played once. Yes. Um, I wish we had played it a couple more times. I agree. After that, and in succession, so I could remember any of it. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember any of it. Some of it, you know. Um, Hannibal, Rome versus Carthage. Um, for me, I love the theme. I'm a Rome guy. I love Hannibal. I love his whole story and history, everything about him. I liked Washington's War, similar to that, or We the People. Um, this is kind of the same thing with kind of a war game, but a lot of uh, card play. Yeah. I think this one was a lot of fun. I don't think we played the full game, though. I think we played like two-thirds of it or something, and you had to go... It was kind of just like a learning game type thing. The battling was kind of interesting, where you're playing cards and tr- can't you're trying to match, trying to match yep. what your opponent plays. Yeah. That was and kinda... if you do match, you can I think you roll for initiative so that you go first. Yep. And then as soon as somebody plays one that you they... can't match, you win the battle. So it's very different mm-hmm. type of. Uh, you're you know you can use the cards either for you know ops points or there's an event on them. Yep. Actually, you're kind of going for political control is really what the, the aim of the game is. Yeah, and I got to say, Ryan, you hit it right on the head. It's a game that we should have played a lot sooner after we played yeah. it the one time. So, and we Well, we haven't even played it yet since then. I know. But yeah, we, <laughs> after we played that first one, we should have played it a couple more times. Yeah, and I liked it. I had a lot of fun playing it, mm-hmm. and I want to play it again. It just, for whatever reason, just and hasn't worked out. This is an older game. I think it was from 96. Yeah. There's an updated version yep. of it, yeah. I think, last year maybe. Yeah, last yep. year or two, they yeah. did a new version. 
So yeah, that is Hannibal Rome versus Rome versus Carthage. Love Hannibal. So maybe you'll love number one eighty one then, and that is Seasons. I like some seasons. I like summer. <laughs> I like part of spring and fall. Don't like winter. You're in the wrong state. <laughs> That's yeah. like nine months of the year is winter. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, this might have a little too much ratty yep. card play for you, Tim. I would be interested in playing it. It's not like on my radar or anything, but I'd, I'd play a game you know, at a convention or if someone really wanted to play with me, I'd bust it out. The art looks awesome. Yeah, the art looks cool, yeah. and that's about it. <laughs> I, I like the card drafting. You pick... Um, ones to start with which ones for future years to use um not sure i'd like the the rattiness of it yeah though. i don't That's know what like how much me. i would like yeah. it but it's, it's one i'm interested in playing it's kind of a lot of games on this list i have definitely some interest in playing yeah yeah that's just it's me okay it's it's me all right <laughs> sorry do you don't be sorry maybe yeti wants to play seasons with me <laughs> yeah <laughs> probably not <laughs> He's gonna have he's gonna have a big list of games to bring to Origins, isn't he? Just don't bring Nightfall, <laughs> please. No, he has to. They didn't have it in the library last That's year. That's good. I burned the copy. That's why. I'll bring my copy then. But he's got you, some expansions. You've never though. even picked it since the first time we ever played it. Don't try to turn this on me. <laughs> it's been like three years. You don't even like it. I played it twice. Oh, Aaron picked it once. <laughs> he, for, he forgot. <laughs> forgot He's like, he oh, I had played this game. I didn't like it. Maybe <laughs> it was Aaron. I've played it a few times. Anyways, 180. What do we got, Michael? We got Summoner Wars. Nice. We're going to be reviewing this sucker in the next episode. I'll give you a sneak peek. I like it a lot. Whoa. Whoa. Spoilers. Yeah, nice lighter weight. Mm-hmm. Kind of deck that you use. You know, so many different. Uh, Oh yeah, there's so many expansions. Called, you yeah. can get many different races and units, and kind of yeah. customize your. Yeah, deck. It's, all, it's a pretty simple game, but there's so much. Mm-hmm. You know, with so many, all the decks feel very different, and there's a lot of strategy. Um, you know, with the game too, and which cards to get rid of, and yeah. so many factions. It's a beautiful game. It's a dandy. Yep. One seventy nine. This is a game that you have, Tim, and I have the original, the OG, that is Dead of Winter, The Long Night. Yes. So what The Long Night added, it was obviously different characters and different cards and stuff, but the main stuff was it added bandits. So the bandits would come and basically take up spots at the different locations. It added, like, specialty zombies, which we never played with, um, that would... They would just change how the zombies acted on certain situations. And then there's like the Raxon module where you can go there and you can search for it's basically where the virus the came out of. Like yeah, that. it's like a big it's lab. A real powerful equipment yep. or weapons yep. and stuff. Big powerful stuff out of there. So there's a lot in it that we haven't explored because I just rather at this point just play normal pan or normal uh Dead of Winter. Yeah, so I haven't played this. I've played normal Dead of Winter once. So we've we've dabbled in it just a little bit, but nothing, nothing with like the big game changing stuff. Yeah, I think, I think I like the bandits. I don't totally remember, but like you said, we don't play it nearly as much now as when it kind of came out. 
so I just kind of want to play the base Dead of Winter, but right. I'd be fine with either. Yeah, I didn't love Dead of Winter, but I think that I was kind of confusing it with another zombie game, and I think I disliked that one a lot more. Was it City of uh, City of Horror? Might have been that like wobbly yeah, water yeah, tower. That was yeah, one. That like, ones. I played those kind of at the same time, so I had that in Ugh. my brain that that was Dead of Winter. I was like, wait, no, that's not right. So I, I think part of the reason I didn't love it is because that game no city of horror <laughs> was the ugly bad dead one winter. dead of you, winter you've, is the, you've got i played yeah city of horror like now. a couple times too and like ah it's because barb it picked it yeah he i thought it was that. like don packed away tim had it like in the bottom of a shelf <laughs> and then Marv's like eh, it's by city of horror i was like oh i hated that game <laughs> it was late i like it was one of those where i thought of leaving <laughs> kind of like i did with that other time with city of horror or one city of horror i when I want to pick Scoville and you said you were going to leave no, instead? No, Johnny with uh, Sherlock Holmes. Consultant oh, Detective. Oh, I was right. tired oh, to begin oh, with, so yeah, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm just leaving. Didn't have the I'm brain done. capacity That's for that. Right. Okay. But yeah, Dead of Winter, I'd, I'd like to play that again to Good. separate it from that other game. <laughs> well, 178 is Detective, a Hold modern on, Tim. crime. Is Dead of Winter a co-op game? It's semi-cooperative. <laughs> So you one, guys tell us. 178, Detective, a modern crime board game. It's by Portal Games. Yep. Brian. <laughs> Got to have a good rule book, right? <laughs> this one might be fine. I don't know. I know it's a lot of... Uh, like online. Yeah. Because it gives you like an address to go to, and it basically gives you like a, like a database, so to speak, so you can like search in that information about different people yeah, you can't and, just do it anytime like there's certain things you have to do to yeah. be able to to look online at actual things like the the case itself isn't an actual case so it's not like yeah. oh i heard about this so i can right. solve it because i already know it going into the game but so i think the one thing i do where i am interested in playing it i don't think i would like it that much because i don't sherlock Holmes, you know those games yeah they're okay mm-hmm. um is the storytelling i worry it would be a little cheesy or not the greatest storytelling they i don't like their rule books <laughs> so you worry so about their writing ability i worry about i guess their script writing it's kind of a weird thing but well, it's my fear yeah i'm interested because i'm a fan of the sherlock holmes and mythos tales and stuff like that so mm-hmm. if it's along those lines and it kind of mixes in you know online searching and stuff like that it seems cool and different so i'd like to check it out sometime yeah you go to you know it costs you like time to go places and you have a limited amount of time you can take over time and stuff it kind of feels like you know you're getting actual evidence versus you're not just trying to solve it you're trying to also get evidence instead of just figuring out what's going on kind of thing and like i think the stories like each you know there's a bunch of different stories but like they're kind of interconnected a little bit okay and then i said this is not a type, you know, the detective games aren't something I'm typically that interested in, though, so. Yeah. That was a detective, a modern crime board game. Yeah. So what's our 177, then, Michael? That is The Quacks of Quedlinburg. Yep, this is one uh, we tried to play quite a few times at Origins. <laughs> we tried to get it out of the library. Yep. Um, First, it wasn't there. Then... there there's two copies. Maybe that was it. One is only two player because they're missing some pieces. They have a, had a second copy, which is the full player. That was always checked out. Yeah. 
We tried getting a demo at North Star Games. Always yeah. full. Yeah. So it's one I would like to play. Yeah, I agree. They're kind of a bag building, push your luck kind of game. Yeah, like a quick, light little I like the beefy different... filler, I would say. Yeah, I like the different, as far as the filler games, that would be one I'd be pretty interested in. Like, I like the different, there's different color ones that have different specials, and that when you draw them all, you know, kind of, you know, trying to coordinate that and get, get all those different colors and that. But yeah, that was one that was definitely, you know, just some luck involved. But, you know, for that type of game, it's one higher higher in my list to try out. Don't blow up your... Uh... Yeah. Your, your cauldron or, or whatever it is. Yep. You don't want to be like Beaker on the Muppets. Just <laughs> <laughs> blow your head off. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, I obviously you know wanted to play it because we kept trying to check it out at Origins. So, yeah, that's one I still want to try. That hasn't changed. <laughs> so maybe at uh, our next convention we can try to there you go. weasel it up and play it. There's hope. There's always hope. Number 176, last one on the list today, is Bora Bora. This is by Stefan Feld. Tim, it has dice yep. in it. You're placing <laughs> dice. <laughs> dice in it. Um, it could have some little rattiness yeah. to all the dice stuff. I am very interested in playing this game. Along the same weight lines of Trajan, you know, medium heavy, I would say. Mm-hmm. I will say... It did look interesting, even with the dice placement, but if I remember right, so like say if somebody places a five, you could place a lower number to still take the action, yeah. right? So the higher dice, you can do more with them, yep. but they're yeah. tougher to bump lower, the lower ones. Yeah, lower dice is less actions and tougher to bump, Right. Like said. So it seemed like, yes, there's the dice placement that I'm not big on, but there might be, just that mechanic alone might make it enough where it's giving me enough options. Yeah, because there's a lot of different, you know, you place the dice to, to move, to build. You can get men and women, which you can use. And then there's a second phase that you can do those actions for the, the men and the women have different abilities and things on them. You're, you put hot out. Different goals. You're buildings. trying to complete goals. You get bonuses if you complete one every round right. and, and things. And if you don't, if you complete some of it but not all of it, you can spend, you know, you can get, I think, just a few less points. But it still counts towards if you get one every round. I think you get bonus points yeah. on that. But yeah, definitely another Steffenfeld point salad type of game. I probably and, would have um, bought this game if it wasn't out of print in the last couple months. Is it? Yeah. So, I had a shot at buying it at uh, Half Price Books. I figured time. you wouldn't like it. And you talked me that, out of it. Because I told you it had that negative kind of interaction in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's on you. You could have been playing it. I, I was looking out for you. I Way to go, Ryan. I want to play this game, so... I, <laughs> Because I just, he asked me and I said, I don't think you would like it. I was like, it's here. I'm interested. <laughs> no, nope. don't, don't nope. listen to me. I don't know why you have to listen to me. I'm just saying. <laughs> or you could have said, don't buy it for yourself. Just buy it for me. <laughs> it's true. So it's on you. Okay. It's my fault you didn't buy it. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I'm sad about it because I really want to play this game. <laughs> yep. I'd like to play it. Way to go, Tim. Yeah. I go, Ryan. Way to talk him out of it. <laughs> All right. So of this list, I have played nine games. I've only played four. At Dead of Winter, I guess, would be five, but I haven't actually played the Long Night version, but so four or five, whatever. So you've played it. Basically. So it could count as five-ish. Yeah. I played nine. Now I'm way behind. My favorite game on the list is Summoner Wars... 
very closely followed by Battlelord Second Edition. Yeah, someone works for me. I'm gonna agree with you again. Yep. The one I most want to try is Bora Bora. Uh there's this is a tough list. I got like almost ten games started here that I really want to try. <laughs> so there's a lot of them that I would like to try. Some of them I you know, it's more of a maybe I won't like it once I play it, but there is a good number of them I really do think I would like quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is tough. I've got like four that I really want to play, like Quacks and Navigador. Um, so those definitely want to play, but like the top two for me are Bora Bora, like Ryan, and then Underwater Cities is the other one. That was mine. That's oh, my yeah, that most one to play. It's real close, but yeah. I have two top ones because I couldn't decide. I really want to play <laughs> Underwater Cities, Raha the Ganges, Imperial 2030, Navigator. Uh, what are the ones on that about? are lowest, <laughs> least interested yeah, in what's playing? Um, I do not and probably will not ever play Exit Abandoned Cabin. That oh. is way down there for me. That's <laughs> not, not want to play that at all. I guess Mysterium, but that's one I've already played. So, <laughs> already, so it doesn't count. It doesn't yeah. count. Yeah, that Rune Wars is a close second, or not that close of a second. Number one is definitely Indonesia. I nice. No desire to play that game. That was mine. Okay. Yeah. Good. I don't think I ever have to because it doesn't seem like anyone is interested <laughs> at all in that. Nope. Does it? It does it. All right. Anyone who's listening still, you are truly a dual winner. You can email us at dualwingames at gmail.com. Join the Board Game Geek Guild. That's guild3471. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at dualwingames. Gaming Yeti, I'm calling you out. I want a review Uh-oh. on iTunes, and I want a good one. <laughs> I want five stars. Other than that, we're going to see you guys in two weeks for another episode of Dual Win Games, a board game podcast. On next episode's Table Talk, we hold our second ever Ryan's Roundtable. We review Liz Boa and Summoner Wars, and we go over our top five anticipated games from Essen 2019. And remember, when you dual win, everyone wins. You're really into it. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's what we have. It is what we have. No one's presented a better one yet. I don't so. have a better idea. So. Oh, man. I think on the next list, then we might have a uh, 18xx game, I think. We do. I was starting to go through it. <laughs> we, <laughs> we do. do. I was like, yes, Tim's going to hate this. Oh, we, can't oh, we got wait. regular Imperial on it. Well, that's going to be in two episodes. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're still recording. We're still going. Yeah, okay. That's all I got. I got nothing else for that. I, I'll probably just end up cutting all that out. <laughs> <laughs> Dolce or Dulce? I or? I think I've Dolce. heard it like four different ways. So. Okay, so both review games, we don't know how to say. Yeah. I think... Uh, Dolce, it's uh, Italian for candy, I think, so Dolce sounds Is it right. really? Say, just making it up. say Dolce. It is. <laughs> We're going with Dolce. Let's say Dolce. Dolce. Let us know who's right, if anyone out there actually knows. I thought this is getting edited. But... <clears throat> yep, that's what my thought was. <laughs> <laughs> it's a blooper now. <laughs> so what do you guys think about Escape from Dolce? What do you think about the components? Oh, yeah, you got to read that. What is... Oh, just... Oh. <laughs>
Wow. Lord. This guy. Oh my god. <laughs> I thought he was like just joking around. I thought he was joking <laughs> until he looked up at us. I could see in his eyes. Be careful exploring the depths of base. Be careful exploring the depths of base Dolce. Yeah, do that again. <laughs> I'm trying to get through this. Be careful exploring the depths of. I have freaking the wrong word in there. That's what's throwing me <laughs> off. Be careful exploring the depths of base Dolce. You may. You never know what will be inside the next room. Did he get that right? Be careful exploring the depths of base Dulce. You never know depths. what will be inside depths. the next room. Depths? <laughs> Keep saying depths. 